Hello, and welcome to the 29th episode of the UU Hockey Show. This is Patrick. This is Sarah. This is Hannah. This is Joe. And today we're going to have a killer episode for you. We are going over the... we Basically, last time, we met up with the boys, met up with female Sensui, met up with the bald men, and met up with the Stranger Kings. This met time... Met up with the bald man. Yes. But, uh, and this time, we're going to be facing the Scat Man, a.k.a. Uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> insert whoever the king is that had the horns. Oh, Yummy. Yummy, yeah. When yeah. face Yummy. That's actually how he sees now. It's echolocation based on scatting. Exactly. He's the Yom Man. But, uh, yep, so uh, you better get ready. Shoo. That's me shooting the spirit ray gun. Yes. Alright. So, episode 99. Uh, Japanese titles, Unforgettable Memories, A Time of Birth. And the English title is Haunted by the Past. The release date was, was September 17th, 1994 in Japan. And December 31st, 2005 in the US of A. Good old America tsunami, right guys? Woo! <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I, uh, this Japanese title, I like it. It does not work in English, so I'm really glad they changed it. They should. Um, what if they just called it A Time of Birth, and that's it? That's I my favorite episode of Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Is that really an episode of Full Metal Alchemist? There's an episode of Full Metal Alchemist where they just assist in a birth and then realize that oh. like the miracle of human birth is more amazing than alchemy. So was this, uh, was this original or Brotherhood? Brotherhood? It's in the manga. Brotherhood. Oh. I don't remember that, but I, I I watched it really scatteringly. I think it took me about a year and a half to watch it. It's it's a great show, but I think um, we can definitely get into this at another time. But it's kind of like uh, Alchemist had like a long fascination with the idea of human birth and like the inability of alchemists to replicate it. That goes back to like Frankenstein and then actual medieval alchemists. Anyways, yeah, anyways, synopsis. <laughs> after after years in exile, he finally returns to his homeland. With one thing on his mind, revenge, revenge. But to complete his mission, he must first survive an encounter with yet another demon from his past, himself. No, that's not what it says, but you know. It's a lot of a mother than himself. Yeah, so I want to make a side note <clears throat> that um, I was looking up Three Kings, and apparently on Google results, there's actually a place nearby called Three Kings Smoke and Vape. So, if you guys want to watch Yu Yu show and get Yu Yu Haku high, you can go there and uh, go uh, get some vapes, get some smokes, you know. I really hope they uh, have a nativity set in their front yard that's just full of vapes and shit. Oh my god. I hope so too. And There's just a little blunt that's in like the, that's in, uh, the cradle. It's like called incense and mur her her. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> god. Yes. And he and Yusuke is there too, but uh, anyways, uh, starts with Hiei walking a lonely, snowy road, the only one that he's ever known, and he walks alone. Do do. Yeah, I guess this is the boulevard of recurring Doo-doo. dreams. <laughs> oh damn, that was good. I should I should have said that. All right, so he basically daydreams and thinks about Hina giving up her child and her best friend fr- throwing it into a river. Also me. Uh, big then mood. Then scoffs. Big mood. Big mood energy. Uh, then scoffs at his recurring dreams, like, ugh, I can't believe I had this dream again. This is the fifth time this week. 
And I wonder why he's having the stream. What do you guys think? You think, you know, just weird dream or... He's been eating spicy food recently. <laughs> he's a, yeah, maybe he's been sleeping with his hair wet, so it makes him have, like, past dreams. I don't know. Is that, is that actually a thing? I was no, going to say, is that I a thing? It's not a thing. I just made a joke because I'm a night shower and I sleep with my hair wet and I used to wake up with a headache. So, well, I don't know if it's the same for Hiei, but he just has recurring dreams of a traumatic past. Interesting. I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls recently, so when you said night showering, I was just like, man, you're going to get your armor all rusted. Fuck. <laughs> Joe, nobody likes your weeb, your weeb games. This is the first time I've ever played it, but yes, anyways. I'm throwing uh, so you under the bus regardless. Like a... What? I'm throwing under you the bus regardlessly. Anyways, uh, re- anyways, uh, yep, Scott's is a recurring dream, and surprise, it's a, a false opening thing where it's like the, the surprise thing where it has the, the, the stuff before the intro. And then delayed intro, opening card, yeah. So then we are reduced to our favorite Stranger Kings trademark, 2000. It's like a f- it's like a recap because they're like, hey, in case you missed it, demons. <laughs> Demon people. Yep. Uh, then shows a montage of monks kicking Yusuke's ass thoroughly and violently. Then uh, after that, it cuts to an HR Giger bug palace owned by Moroko, a.k.a. Kunan-kun, if you watch Makuro. Yeah, yep. Makuro, a.k.a. Kunan-kun from... What do you call Kunan-kun? Are you like... Because... Conan O'Brien? No, <laughs> no, 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 no Conan the Barbarian. They're all tall. No, basically, the person that voices Mukuro actually plays Conan and Detective Conan. The younger Japanese or English? Japanese. Interesting. Okay, that makes more sense. So that's why I was like, Conan. I think I pointed out the last episode, too. I think you did, but I couldn't remember if it was Japanese or English. Gotcha. Alright, so, uh, yep, and she starts talking to her number two, Krillin, no joke needed, I, about Hie. I think it's actually Kirin, which is interesting, because that's the name of a mythical animal that doesn't I look gotcha. anything like him. I gotcha. Well, I, that's, it's, I looked like Krillin, so I was like, oh, like, you know, the Krillin, like in D, the Dragon Ball subbed? Oh, how if you read it in Kana, it's like Kuririn? Yeah, it's like... It kind of sounded like that's so like okay. I'm just gonna call him Krillin then. Just yeah, it's a it's a big transliteration issue because if it is Kirin, like the way I'm saying, which is also the name of a beer, it's based on a Chinese mythical creature named a Chilin, which when translated into Japanese becomes Kirin. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's why it's Krillin. He's like a beer, right? Or Kirin. You know, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Talks to Krillin about Hiei. Latin version of Hiei has oh, a no, Bane... Oh, no, it's the Latin version of uh, Kieran has, like, a Bane-style filter over his voice, just like, Yes, Makuro, Because he has, like, a little <laughs> face mask, so it's just oh. like, You were just born in the dark. I mean, you were just, you adapted it, blah, blah, blah. But in Spanish. Blah, blah, I'm a cyborg lady. I, and then, uh, and then basically, uh, basically, uh, he has been fucking fighting fi- 500A class yukai for half a year. Holy shit. Like, like imagine living like that for half a year. Like, you like take a rest and all of a sudden you get attacked by yokai. It's like fucking Hunger Games, except it's everybody versus your ass. Yeah, this is kind of the point at which, like, they've mentioned that, like, A-class demons are sometimes worshipped as demigods, and S-class, gods, uh, S-class demons are kind of worshipped as gods. Yeah, 
Kie is basically at the point of being a mythic hero in terms of strength and endurance. So he's Hercules then. Kinda. Hercules, yay. Yep, so, uh, she, and then she regrets it, wishing she sent a thousand instead. Saying, I should have sent a thousand instead, basically. Why did but... you quote that? It's like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I was very tired. You're like, um, citation. Citation needed. I just want to point out because on the, there's discrepancies in it. There's actually big controversy, big controversy energy. Uh, sub says the sub say that she killed. They, she sent five hundred, but she sent a thousand. But the uh, like uh, like um sorry the su- apparently you wrote that she, that she sent that she sent a thousand instead. I was a bit confused on that. Uh, it was in Spanish, and I may have misunderstood it because like I can get like the general uh meanings of individual clauses in Spanish, but sometimes the relational aspects if I don't like stop and rewatch it, I fuck up. So that's probably exactly well, what happened. Well, I remember from watching the English dub, it was she was talking to Kieran and he sent five hundred and she's like, Don't you know me? When I say five hundred, I actually mean a thousand. So that's what she was said in the English dub. Yeah. I gotcha. So it, it's the same. It's the same thing as the uh, yeah. essentially that same yeah. thing. And then uh, I think the substance Krillin has been working for around two hundred fifty years, and I think you just put like two hundred. But yeah, but I think yeah. I think I think they might have said like doscientos cincuenta, but I might have just heard doscientos, which just means two hundred. Mm. I gotcha. Okay, yeah. I just thought that because remember we had the issues with the. Funimation subs being slightly different. Yeah, and I'm well. So I was watching in Spanish on the DVD. I guess like also doscientos cincuenta is a long phrase, so they might have just fucking shortened it by being like doscientos. Okay, we're good. I actually for dubism reasons. Yeah, basically, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's just another dubism. So then it cuts to a crazy ass demon fight and goofy sound effects while he's slaughtering hundreds of demons. That was kind of weird, to be honest. Like, doing, it's like, uh, isn't he murdering like hundreds of people? Oh, I took it as like, um, I took it as like, oh, things are super discordant because it was, um, that noise was used in a lot of like old school like Looney Tunes era cartoons, like when things fall apart, like when a machine comes apart, they would just play like a fucking xylophone and then like a triangle and shit. So I took it as just like, yeah, blood's fucking everywhere because these guys' organs fell to pieces. Yeah, I thought I, th- I thought it was kind of unfitting, but you know, I think maybe just gonna just them being weird, funny. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole area is like an incredibly weird art style. So I wonder if they were just like, let's get experimental, and it's like a uh, up to the viewer as to whether they like succeeded or not. Gotcha. And then uh, and then once all those a bunch of de- are dead, he starts to fall asleep when. The demons go up and like, oh, he's sleeping, guys. Let's go in and get him while he's sleeping. And they and they all rush in to finish him off. And then within a few slashes, he knows them all, cuts them up, and kills every single one of them. And turns them into pieces of meat. Slabs. Yum. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, he's, and he's like, you guys are pushovers. After he sliced them to pieces. And then he takes a nap and dreams of the good times. It and shows general it? memories, but it also shows a flashback to meeting Kurama and them fighting the four-armed demon back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was recently made into the OVA uh, two shots. 
um, but like oh. previously had not ever been animated except for this one scene. And like I always thought that was weird. Like I half wonder if they had made a Yu Show prequel episode and just never aired it, or if they just made these shots very quickly for here, or if they just fucking huh. scanned a manga page. Probably the latter. You're like, well, we can probably just use this and color it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by any of the above. Gotcha. So then, once he sees that, he dreams of that. He dreams that that cursed Hina dream again. Uh, it turns out that she uh, has twins. One is a female, a male, and apparently it's cursed. Ooh, spooky! Like a skeleton pop out of it or something. I don't know. But yeah, apparently she had an affair with a man. Uh, well, I guess not. It's weird affair, but I think he just meant like you know just had a relationship, you know. Yeah, because they're not yeah. supposed to, they're supposed to like effectively reproduce asexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think they were accusing her of leaving um, their what's it called? their Sky Island. Their Sky Island. Sky Island. Basically. Yeah, I was gonna say their Skyland. Yes. <laughs> their Skyland, and like which is forbidden as well, right? Um, I think they're allowed to if they have official business. Like, one of the elders does it later. And, like, maybe she was working on official business and then just decided to enjoy herself. Dang. Have a good time, girl. <laughs> this is sounding like some Ice Veins tale coming up. A. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is kind of like a trope. I don't know how old the trope is. Uh, like, the idea of the woman-only race that it reproduces asexually, and if they have sex with a man, like, has, like, a male child and they're destructive. This is, like, straight up in Legend of Zelda. This is definitely here. I I know Wonder there Woman? have to be other examples, but just, like, I wonder... Mm. This can't be the original. There has to be something that predates this. Like, because this seems, okay. like, ripe for ancient myths. It's almost like... Not quite the Amazons, but, like, there always has been, like, this everlasting trope within the mythology of an all-women, like, race or tribe. Like, the Amazons um, were probably, like, the most well-known example. Clearly, they accepted men within their society, but it was, like, not... um, in an equal role, at least from what I remember. Yeah, like, yeah. like in the Wonder Woman movie, or like just Wonder Woman in general, where it's like, you know, the Amazonians are like, no males, and yeah. it's like a strong woman race. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. the Amazons in yeah. DC are like this. Yeah. So, well, so the one thing that's different about this group is that unlike every other example I can think of, the group are not warriors, and that they have, like, mm-hmm. kept men out, uh, and, like, for the sake of, like, being less warlike. And so that's an interesting spin on it. Um, I think it's also interesting that, you know, oftentimes cold is associated with, like, stasis, death, and old age. And, like, you know, they're basically seen in many ways as, like, old women regardless of their physical age. So it's interesting because this is in contrast to the Gerudo in Zelda who are associated with, like, heat, uh, are very fiery, um, you know, like, warriors, etc. And the Amazons who are similar but maybe not as associated with heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is it weird? I kind of thought of the 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 those the that race, the woman from uh, Futurama. Oh, the, the snoo snoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I straight up thought snoo snoo. Then I'm like, nah, this is that's more like the that's more like the Gerudo. Yeah, no, the Gerudo makes more sense. God, Death so by snoo snoo. <laughs> the body, the the spirit is willing, but the body is spongy and weak. Hmm. That's still one of my favorite Futurama quotes, but. Uh, Actually, yeah. Does that mean that uh, he is Ganondorf Drogmire then? 
Um, yeah, I, I know. So, funny story, there's actually a decent amount of weird Ocarina of Time connections between here and there. The main voice actor for Link is the voice actor for Hiei. No shit. Yeah, really? for wow. real, in the Japanese see? version. No, so think oh, about... Oh, And now just imagine oh. fucking, you know, Hiei doing that voice. Whoa! It's the voice. Um, hey, you know, who, you know who else Link voices? Who? Winna is Joe. Really? Yeah, he voices Joe Higashi from uh Oh shit, Joe Higashi's the the, the composer, isn't he? No, no, Joe, Joe Higashi. That's Joe Higashi. Yeah, Joe Higashi is the guy that you're thinking of. Yeah, Joe also, Higashi from King of you're Fighters. You're right. Now thinking about that voice, it Hurricane. totally is him, which is really weird because he's like a, you know, spastic like uh martial arts like hot-blooded martial arts fight otaku. Yeah, it's. I thought that was always interesting. So he at least voices him in King of Fighters '97 and '98. I don't know about the future ones, but I he think also he does a, it in 2000 because that's the one I know the voice is the best from, and he definitely still sounds like that. I gotcha. Yeah, so he might have been there for a while. I don't know if in the newer games he is, but I like at least the latest King of Fighters thing was like 13. Or they actually four, just 14. got Joe Hisaishi to do Joe Higashi's voice. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that really what his name is? The composer for Ghibli, Joe. Yeah, Joe I always thought it was Higashi as well, but no, I'm, no. I'm bad at yeah, no. Straight up, I was listening to a podcast where they made that same mistake earlier this week because they were talking about um, Terry Bogard being in Smash, and they're like, "Oh man, I almost thought it was Joe Hisaishi," and then someone's like, "You mean Higashi?" <laughs> and then I, they were like, "Oh, oh. got the verses mixed up." Yeah, that would be interesting to see a Photoshop of that, but uh... it's probably <laughs> happened at some point. Did you want to go play King of Guiders? Guiders? Uh, Anyways. This? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we considered filthy. Where are we at? So, uh, Hiei is a cursed child. They call him an Imiko. Did anyone look up what that literally means? Because Ko means child. Is Imi, like, fire or cursed? It's spirit. It's supposed to be spirit or something like that. It's cursed. Yeah, I think it's... Let me look it up quickly. Yeah. yeah, anytime I see Ko in any Japanese name, I'm automatically like, child, and like 70% of the time it's correct, but then the other, like, 30% you just look like an idiot. Yeah, and then, uh, it's shown every 100 years that an isomate, like we were talking about, bears a single child asexually, at least, and the child's always female, but if it's engaged in a relationship with a male, a boy is produced, and side note, I love how, side note, I love how baby he has those he eyes since birth, those those large shady eyes. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a question. Did they ever say asexually, or did they leave it open as to whether asexual. it was like asexual um, the, or like homosexual? In the English version, it's immaculate conception or something wow. like that, it's, right? I, su- I, su- I just assumed it was like it was like it just she just made it herself. Like it just it just appeared in her womb and just you know came out. Or I, I don't always know assumed how asexual, people... but like now that I think about it, that would imply that all the daughters are. Like, assuming demon biology is similar enough to us, would be clones of their mothers, mm-hmm. just because you wouldn't have, like, sexual recombination. Um, but it's anime, so maybe I'm just yeah. looking into it too deep. That's actually another good question, is that uh, is that they bring up that, they specifically said that, that it's forbidden for every male relationship, mm-hmm. but it didn't say anything about a female relationship. I'm just imagining, that, like, Which... we're actually, like, super progressive on that, but we're incredibly weirdly... Oh regressive is in a it, way that you've never heard of is it like the asari where are you thinking like if they had like any non-ice maiden that would combine like their genetic data their genetic 
uh, DNA with the and pre-produce like a more but genetically it, advanced offspring. I, yeah, something like that. I, I don't That's know. Just regardless of gender. Yeah, the Asari thing is weird because like. In Mass Effect, they're straight up like, uh, the males actually don't, uh, contribute any, uh, well, the, the partner doesn't contribute any genetic information, but there's a lot of personality information that's imbued, uh, imbued, and I Hmm. think their implication was that the genetics of the Asari were complicated enough that they would change the latencies on genetics that already existed, so they were genetic clones, but due to epigenetics changed what was expressed based on the imprint soul-wise. These fictional genetics are so confusing. Side note on that side note, did anybody think that the the um was it the grunt race want to get with the Asari was pretty cute? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I think it was interesting that I I, like I forget what character said it, but they're just like, yeah, Asari have characteristics all of us like, you know, and they're like they're voluptuous when I humans like, and they're like their skin is you know similar to the way like uh, whatever Garrus's people are like, and they're like, and then they have head frills like the uh, like the like grunts race, and then I was like, oh man, I love how the like the head frills are the sexy thing there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it is Krogan. You're right. Yeah, the Krogans. Yeah, they have head frills like Krogans. Damn. <laughs> well, Peter's anyway. missing out on this. He loves Mass Effect, and he he bowed out so he can play his RPG crap. <laughs> Anyways, he's missing out on this, this one's Mass a, Effect. God. This one is on me. But so everyone's pissed off about the baby. So like the punishment is like you got to throw that baby in the river. You got to throw him in the river. Yeah, um, it's, it's like it's like why do we have to throw in the river? Because reasons. Well, actually, it's more like we're gonna throw you off a cliff in the sky, and we don't know where you're gonna land. The river just happens to be it. Which is interesting because it's pretty, it's like accidentally biblical. Because, you know, the whole Bible thing of being put into a river, yeah. Yeah, but there is actually a reason why they eat babies into the river. And it's really due to a horrific incident happening with another abominable child which was born. And caused the village great suffering, but it never really... They never really iterated on what what that was. Like, did he like murder everybody? Oh, did he... No, they yeah. they said that he murdered a lot of people. Okay, so it was a boy because sometimes there would be boys that were born naturally, right? Well, yeah. we, any time that a nice man had a like a boy, which was usually with an outsider, oh, the boy yeah, they were born would grow sexually. up to be. Yeah, the boy would grow up to be super violent, and it was implied that the mothers were the ones who were killed by their own sons. Yeah, and apparently, and yeah, they were saying that that inevitably the mother will die one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not, I'm a spoiler. It's there's gonna be, it's not gonna be an exception for Hie's mom for no, sure. Sad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we can talk more about this later, but like, yeah, I wonder if a lot of stuff about Todoroki is kind of taken from this. Like, as in from My Hero? Yeah. Really? Mm, Interesting. His complicated relationship with mom and terrible dad. Yeah. Do you think it was a little bit inspired by Avatar Last Air Mother? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) by Avatar. Oh, yeah, no, I... Stealing by my favorite show. But wait, no, I I totally think think Avatar is a big inspiration. I just think that this wouldn't surprise me if this was also. Just because, like, obviously you never meet Hiei's father, but the idea of, like, this external force like coming into the life of like these ice people 
and then like creating someone who's like this cursed union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Speaking of, yeah, actually, any of you guys ever get a chance to watch The Boys yet? No, not yet. I gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I keep I keep wanting to make reference to that. I just want to make sure I don't spoil it for anybody. But yeah, no, I kept thinking that I keep thinking like that whenever I think about my hero, and I think about the like, oh damn, they would kill like everybody. <laughs> nice. But actually, no, there actually is a character that's like that in the show. Uh, mm. There's a character that's like was it the 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 guy that kills the heroes that aren't that don't do it for that do it for a paycheck. Uh, What's the name Stain? of that character? Stain. Oh, Stain yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's a real yeah. Bill dies. Uh, so Makoro visits Hiei and is shocked to see him progress so far. I, I like I, how this differentiates Makuro tremendously from the other two, where one of them's trying to raise their, like, literal successor, and then the other's just like, yeah, I'm gonna call up my old good bud, and we're gonna have good times, and, like, in the back of his mind, he's just thinking, like, I want to murder this guy so bad, <laughs> but I want to use him for a while and make an elaborate excuse to fucking kill him later. He's like, hey, bro, let's have some brewskis, let's kick one back and uh, talk about the good times, especially that one time I got... <laughs> I get blinded. Oh, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Right? We never yeah. found out who did that. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, do you want to go in the small room with me? Sure. And Makuro's just like, hey, you're not doing as bad as I thought. <laughs> yeah, Makuro's yeah. very much like, yeah, I don't really care if you live or die. If you if you make it past, that's really good. You, you, you're something we can work with, but uh, if you die, that's all good. I've done this for a couple hundred years trying to find a, you know, helper. It happens, you know, you gotta break a couple eggs when you're making an omelet, you know. Kieran barely made it, so let's see how you do. Yeah, uh, and I always thought it was kind of funny that Star Wars referenced the, not like I'm gonna say I'm your father or something. Oh, yeah, I love that. So that's that's not in the Japanese version, right? Or is it? No, it is. It's in the oh, sub okay. version. Yeah, I like how it, like they're basically like, oh yeah, don't worry, the revelation's not that interesting. It's nothing trite like I am your father. You're not gonna know who I am. Yeah, that was kind of... A- Kind of funny. And then, uh, yep, and he's like, hey, I'm going to bring you a mega powerful demon to fight. And if you win, I'll let you see my face. If not, you die. So she goes off and does that, and she just walks away. It's oh, like, all right, laters. I remember in a previous episode, a long time ago, you asked, like, what level of technology or communication with the human world they had. And, like, I think I remember saying something like, they see human movies every once in a while. And this is what I was <laughs> referring to, like, her knowing Star Wars well enough. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're 500 years old. you got to see a movie once in a while. Yeah. I was imagining her going wrapped up, like, in a in, in that sash with the eyes, and she's just sitting in line. It's like, it's like you're sitting next to her. It's like, uh, are you okay? It's like, shh. And, like, in that Bane voice, I'm watching the movie. <laughs> uh, 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 okay, miss. It's like she's, she goes to freshen up. And they're it's like, like, are you it's... cosplaying? <laughs> yes. There, yes, there is I that am. one bounty hunter during the scene where like uh, Boba oh, Fett is with Dengar. other bounty hunters. Yeah, it's fucking Dengar. She kind of looks fuck. like Dengar. Oh, I, I think I'm not. You ever see that Mega sixty four video for Star Wars, Joe? Uh, no. Do they dress up as Dengar? Uh, no. A uh, Rocco dressed up as Dengar, and he he basically he basically uh, gets gets uh, Darth Vader's arm to resurrect him, <laughs> and the entire time they're like like Dengar, that mummy fuck. So wow, that was pretty funny. Okay, nice. Rocco is big into like obscure Star Wars shit because he's a fucking nerd. I like how Dengar has and- come back as a fucking obscure like everyone like. It's just like, hey, you remember that fucking weirdo in the background of Star Wars Episode Six of uh, Episode Five? Yeah, he's in the Star Wars Rebels too, or that's great. I think Clone Wars. 
So, yeah, um, fucking, mummy fuck. He is waiting refer to, uh, for, you know, Makuro to show up after she wa- uh, after they walk out of a vagina-shaped door. Dun-dun-dun. I wonder what that could mean. Uh, and he then cuts a statue that, looking at it... So, you know, we talked about Togashi being influenced by Geiger, or Giger. Straight up, that statue, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, man, that those, like, robes and the face showing up at the top kind of remind me of another vagina and a clitoris. And then I look closely, and I'm like, but also kind of a penis. Oh, my God, H.R. Giger. It's a both a penis and a vagina. You know, it could also be, like, like extends, almost. You mean extends? No, ex- yeah, ex- extends. What did I say? You said extends, the male, you do this every time. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um... And it- I mean, extends, extends. I mean, what's the difference, really, if you think about it? Yeah. So they. It's all. It's flashes. all. It's all based on anatomy stuff. Yeah. So. So he flashes back to right, let's, uh, uh, anyways, talking yep, with. Uh, he's. Oh, where I just got lost. He's talking yeah. with you. He's talking with you, Kina, in the human it's realm the right before statue, leaving. Yeah. So that's, and then and then basically, it cuts to the scene of Yukina giving him the memento of his mother. His mother saying it's like his. Mother's tear, and his brother should have the other, right? Mm-hmm. I gotcha. And apparently she had... Am I missing something? Did we yeah, basically, notes? like, Tarukane... I guess this happened after the, the battle. Uh, yeah. no, I, I don't think yeah, so. This happens notes. before the battle, because this, like, foreshadows... Yeah, no, this foreshadows. a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh... I wanna, oh, wait, so ignore... Just cut that, Joe. We'll cut that, so... What does this, this mean? Me, Hermano? Oh, um... During the uh, flashback, they say, uh, mi hermano, and then thinks about it for a couple seconds, maybe thinking better of it. Like, creo que mi hermano es de una raza muy cercana a tuya. Which basically means, like, my brother, you know, basically, like, seeming like she's addressing with him, stopping for a while, carefully considering what to say next to cover up for the fact that she may know. And then says, I think my brother is of a very similar nature to you. Um, And... Mm -hmm. There's basically a spectrum of how much they imply that she might know. So in the Japanese version, they do one way. In the English version, they do another way. In the Spanish version, the Spanish version is usually much more direct than the other two. And I, it's often to the, like, to its, like, it often harms it. In this case, it's actually really good. I really like that she basically says, like, I know, but propriety says that I have to pretend I don't. Um, how, how did you guys, like, read it in the English version and the Japanese version? Um, I kind of, I kind of think, I kind of think they made it in the Japanese version, made it seem like she still doesn't know. She just like maybe thinks or maybe assumes, but I don't think she knows for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I think the this... Japanese version is the furthest from the Spanish one in terms of this. So how about when, the English one? When was this? Um, lo- when was the sign said? So just to make sure that I'm referencing the right point in the English dub. No, so. Um, I'm talking about parallels between things that are not next to each other, because you, the line that you're thinking of occurs later, but mm-hmm. it is the similar intended, similar intended line, so just go with the one you're thinking of. Okay, because, like, the, it does happen a little bit later, but there is a line in the English dub that says something where that sounds like something a brother would tell his sister, or something along those yeah, lines. so she says that... Um, after, cause she's saying, she's like, in the English dub, she's like asking Hie to look for her brother and using, hopefully by, with like, the mom's tear jewel that will help him and like use the Jogan eye to help find him and everything. And he's like, you know, then she rants about the ice maiden saying how, cause of their closed 
cold hearts. They don't deserve to survive. They should just die, basically. And he's like, hmm, you know, you shouldn't depend on others. You're going to kill someone. Do it yourself, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. she smiles and closes her eyes. And like, yeah. she's like, that sounds uh, like something a brother would tell his sister. <laughs> yeah. It seemed kind of annoying. Yeah, so. It's interesting, the spectrum there. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, she kind of goes into details about her brother from the past, that he was born with an intent, like surrounded by an intense fire yoki, and uh, he needed to be wrapped in talismans to be held. Notice those talismans, uh, I think they're called Ofuda or Ofude, I forget which one it is. Oh, it's Ofuda, I think, because that means something card or something slip, like talismans effectively. Uh, they're also used to suppress like uh, Chinese hopping vampires which uh, would have been well-known in Japan at the time because Japan had really eaten up the Chinese hopping vampire craze from Hong Kong. So Mokuro's design actually incorporates them as well because uh, Mokuro is based on a hopping vampire. So weird. Mm. They're putting like the talisman aesthetic bo- into both of their pasts. So um, uh, does that mean they're vampires? So hopping vampire is a rough translation. Uh, the more accurate thing would be stiff corpse because they're reanimated corpse that have to... Oh, zombies then. Uh, but they, like, also try to, like, suck away the life energy from people. So zombies then. They're halfway between <laughs> zombies and vampires. So zombies then. Yeah, why not? <laughs> if you I mean, watch... If you think about it. That's what zombies do. They suck your energy, a.k.a. Really eat your just... flesh to get more energy back. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, they're technically zombies. I guess if you think life energy, like an incubus or succubus would probably be the most direct. But, you know, they gotta boink someone (laughs) to get to do that. (laughs) Yeah, any of you guys watch uh, Shaman King by chance? Oh, you mean Jojo for kids? Yeah, anyways, there's a scene where uh, this girl's brother gets revenge and she kills... uh, And four kids, he died and they resurrected him, but I'm pretty sure she killed him. Where his family killed him and took this, like, guy named Lee Pai Long, like, this martial artist guy. And he's just, like, a zombie with a talisman on his face. Oh, he's totally, they... a ho- he's totally a hopping vampire then. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And then he fights, fights, uh, fights Yo. It's really good, though. You should really, you guys should really watch that if you have the time. It's basically, like, it's kind of like JoJo, except more tournament arky. Maybe. Maybe I'll check it out. Um, I'll, I'll just finish off the Chinese hopping vampire thing with a note that in Japanese they're called Kyonshi... Um, in Cantonese, I think it's like Gongxi, and then in Mandarin, I think it's like Gongxi or something like that. So, like, yeah, they were really popular in the 80s and early 90s. And so you see them in a lot of, like, video games from the time as well. It's And anime. It's very weird. Like, if you've ever played Darkstalkers, one of the... Oh, uh, yeah, the girl. Yeah, yeah the girl. Yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, she's also a hopping vampire. I mean, the werewolf guy. He's cool. Uh, but oh, yeah, no, I, I mean Little Red Hood. That's what I mean. Sorry. But anyways, oh, I forgot uh, about her. She's good. Uh, anyways, we're, do we want to continue off to the after the raid? The raid coming back to kill her first. Uh, yeah, real quick. Yukina reveals that. Uh, is it Ray or Rui? Because I couldn't remember what it was. Because I just kept on hearing Rui. Spelled how? Rui, R U I. I think it is, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, it... okay, yeah, yeah. So earlier someone wrote Ray, so I was confused. Um, I think it's probably me. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I kept on hearing Rui, so I was really, really confused. But Rui basically knows that Hiei was conscious enough to remember who 
who he was and like she was spooked out by it like just like oh this fucking scary ass kid who's definitely cursed who i'm going to attempt to murder is going to come back and kill all of us it's going to be great yeah and she scared for him so much and felt bad that she yeeted him directly into the river in the u.s version uh as she was doing it one of the old like crones uh Actually, is that a cool thing to say? Or I mean, because these these characters are the. I mean, I think crone is better than using like hag. So yeah. <laughs> so the, these characters are the archetypes, like which is like an yes. old Japanese archetype of the crone. So mm-hmm. so I'll go with that, unless someone points out that's like not cool anymore. But um, the, one of the crones, who's the village leader in the U.S. version, says one of the most metal things on the fucking planet. She's like, "Do not pity the beast." I thought for a second you were going to say that she said do a front, do a backflip or something. Fucking yeet him backwards. It will be cool. <laughs> Film it and put it on spirit tube. Do a 900 dark slide. <laughs> Collect five tapes. <laughs> fucking fucking uh, Goldfinger starts playing yeah. while he's yeeting to the river. Do the Skyland Gap. Anyways... Really hope our listeners that... played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater growing up. Yeah, watch that documentary coming out, by the way. It looks sick as fuck. Nice. Anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, and then now it's Makuro back with her champ. It's like, I got my champ, and it turns out it's Demon Realm physiotherapist Shigir. Shigir? Shiguri. Shiguri. Uh, also known as Late Autumn Showers. Oh, is that now, what his pretty... name translates to? I guess. And I get to, I guess it kind of sounds like a lyric from... Three, Amber, Amber by 311, so... I think... Please elaborate. I, think that's, I don't know, I think there's, like, this... There's, like, this... Like, like storm... Like, uh, something about storms and, like, rain in Amber or something like that. Or maybe I'm thinking, like, like uh, uh, Africa by Toto. God Either way, I get, I get those two mixed up sometimes, but... Anyways, Amber is the color of Yusuke's energy. Plus the uh, rains anyway. down in Demon World. Um, yes. But um, in... So, translation note, in the... English subs on the DVDs, and in the Spanish version, they refer to him as Demon World Chiropractor. And before we were recording, we were speculating that this might be a loose translation of a Japanese concept we're unfamiliar with. Um, So there are many people who are referred to as doctors in Japan who are not like Western medical doctors, but are also not chinese medicine doctors um people who do like sort of like bone adjustments etc that are like traditional practices and we're kind of wondering if that's what he does if you guys have ever seen ranma ranma half um the uh like the doctor who is interested in the eldest daughter may or may not be one of these dudes so i think that's what's going on here but i haven't looked it up yep uh, what's interesting that... is they've shown Shiguri in a flashback before, but they drew him like Dr. Ichigaki, probably because they're like, well, we're never going to use this character again, so just make him look like a fucking gremlin. And, of course, you know, uh, to, was it Tagoro to Tagashi? Tagashi, you know, being Takashi, we use him, uh, it's like, oh, fuck, well, gotta use him for this plot. Not yeah. gonna make him hot. Yeah. <laughs> have, hot have you guys ever plot. seen... Uh, Episode four of Star Wars before they added the CG. Uh, is that the one where they the, the cutscene with Jabba the Hut? Yeah, the Jabba with... the Hut scene is just like it's a dude dressed up in like a fucking like fur coat 
just speaking a gibberish <laughs> language, just being like, yeah, it's me, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and then later they're like, before. he's a slug now. Actually, I thought it was pre- perfect English when I remembered. I, I might be misremembering. But, you you might be right. Maybe maybe it was perfect English. I remember it was... But it was just a dude in a fur jacket. Like, that's, like, with a weird belt on. And then, like, later they're like, he's a slug, actually. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, we don't talk about the special editions of episode four. Yeah, it's not so... It's a laser disc. It doesn't count. Yeah, so Shigure went the opposite direction. He got hotter instead of becoming a slug. Java the, the hunk, then? <laughs> no, Java the otter. Java the bear. Java the... Uh, I think it's like a... Was it a twunk? A no, twunk? he's definitely not a twunk. Can we, can no. we make, can we make a like slug big, a thing? I think he's more bear status, if anything. Uh, yeah, I, I, can, I, I, can, I can... I can probably side with bear. I That's think he's like enough. a man-bear-pig. But, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Al Gore. <laughs> so, uh, it turns out Shigure is actually the one who did the surgery to put the Jagan eye into Hiei's forehead. Which, uh, he basically explains, like, it's a miracle that you're here and this strong because, uh, this should reduce you to the strength of a baby. <laughs> He's like, it's a rebirth. This is actually he... kind of what his voice sounds like. Did he have that same voice in the Japanese dub? Because his English voice, I was like, what the hell did they direct his no, I think voice actor to do? <laughs> I was doing his English voice. Uh, his, his Spanish oh. voice is kind of, it's like, un, it's unremarkable. What's his Japanese voice? I don't remember. It sounds like just I don't know. It didn't. It's stand a Japanese out too much. dude. Yeah, I'm. I really don't know. It it didn't like stand out, which is good. Yeah, I don't know. That's the reason why I don't. I'm not the big fan of the dub. Like they do some crazy ass voices with it. It's like eh, oh, I like Shigure's voice in the English version. Like he's like deep voiced as fuck and just being like, it's very it's me. monotone. Yeah, he's about to drop the hottest punk album of the last twenty years. He's like, I'm the guy who does the voiceovers for when they don't want to show someone's face in a mob documentary. <laughs> Damn, I gotta watch some more of those. But, uh, yep, yeah, uh, he basically gimped him down to a basic yokai, but but he ate climbed back up to A-class. Yeah, awesome it turns class. out he was born A-class, fell down, and came back up. He's like almost Goku. If Goku started out OP. I was gonna say, Goku but... was definitely incredibly weak when he was born. Yeah, and basically made a deal for for payment though. If you if uh, he found a sister, he can't tell her that 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 he is his her brother. And then uh, and then he makes another deal. If he beats him, he can tell tell him his sister who he is. But you but he is like jokes on you. I didn't want to tell her anyways. I like how all of them are just like oh f- you know we don't care. Fuck it. This is still the deal. And then uh, some Spanish Joe. Can we get some? In- Oh, yeah, so then, like, Mukuro says, like, something like, En el momento final, cada vida florece y explota como flores pirotecnicas. Which means, like, in the is final the moment... Of Kano, is that the Hold on. Did that say there's going to be an explosion? In the final moment, there's going to be an explosion of pyro, pyrotechnics? Sort of. It's more like, in the final moment, every life flowers and explodes like... Uh, firework flowers, which sounds a lot cooler in Spanish than firework flowers because they actually say, like, pyrotechnicas. So I guess you could say in English, like, explodes like pyrotechnic flowers. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. I gotcha. And then uh, open the game. 
On to episode 100 in Japanese. The title was The Secrets of the Jagan Revealed. In the English sub, it is The Secret of the Jagan. So they just literally left out one word. <laughs> and I made from plural to singular. <laughs> <laughs> so the release dates in Japan was September 24th, 1994. And in the English, it was released on January 7th, 2006. Um, in this episode, now that Hie has become strong enough to easily slay an A-class demon, uh, Mercuro calls forth an even tougher foe, the demon who implanted Hie's Shigan eye. Does Hie have the strength and the desire to survive this encounter? Da da da. Answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> he manages, but. There's a lot of, like, eh, I don't know, going back in his head. Um, so basically what happens is, so Shigure is the tougher foe that Makuro has brought for Hiei to fight. He takes a defensive stance um, while Hiei has more of a open drawing stance. And as um, Hiei charges to attack, he has this flashback of when he's being dropped um as a baby to his death, basically. More yeeting into the river. Yeah, it's like he, the yeet of death. <laughs> just, <laughs> and, just skip the next line. I have a note about the Spanish thing, but I think we pretty much said it in English. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so he, it's finally revealed a more of like Hiei's complete backstory. So he was found um, by a gr- group of bandits. So when he was like dropped off, in the English line, dub, I remember him saying, like, yeah, I just willed myself to survive. And by willing himself as a literal infant to live being dropped off, like, a thousand feet or something, he's found by these group of bandits who are like, well, hey, here's, like, this baby. Um, and they In, we, in uh, the Spanish version, he says, mi padrino fue un maldito. Which just means mm-hmm. my godfather or adoptive father was a bad guy. Oh. But like a minor to, uh, bad guy. A minor bad guy. Did it cut to Vito Corleone at that point? Yeah, it was just like, you come to me on the day of my daughter. My I can't fucking wedding. do this fucking voice. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. I oh, was turning into Watto or something. <laughs> he basically wins their respect because the cat... The leader of the bandits tries to take the Hiroseki stone from Hiei, but then, like, baby Hiei, like, bites his finger, and they're like, okay, he's, like, a little tough guy. Um, and he basically grows up uh, with these bandits, and it shows a scene where he's a little bit older, he's being chased by these armed demons who are very much larger and have much larger swords, um, but he manages to, ki- to kill them with, like, ease. Um... And he talks about how he basically would go, like, pick up fights just to see who he could challenge because he just loved the shedding the blood of his enemies. Yeah, I kind of didn't like how he's, like, smiling while he's, like, cutting people and laughing. Yeah. Like, he's seeing, like, went on his face cutting people in half. It's like, yeah. I mean, he like, was a villain when he first showed up. <laughs> That's true. There. Um, and it was kind of like going, well, if the ice made inside I was a little piece of shit, I'm gonna be a piece of shit, basically. <laughs> and so, he used the Hiroseki Stone as bait, basically, to get people to attack him. Um, and eventually the bandits were like, yo, 
he crazy kid and they just abandoned him which was very sad because they were his family <laughs> yeah i, it's a, I it's can't like tell tragic. if this is, is this darker or less dark than guts's upbringing um uh, i don't i've never watched uh never watched uh, berserk oh so guts was raised by like basically uh guts was found he was born from a corpse that was hung on a tree and then uh, he was raised by, like, a mercenary group, and his adoptive mother died of the plague, possibly from him. And then, you know, now as I'm saying it, Hiei was more sadistic, but I think Guts' was more tragic. Yeah, because yeah, Guts didn't randomly murder people and stab them, right? Or yeah. Maybe He maybe eventually ended up killing his father in a moment of self-defense. He killed his adoptive father in a moment of self-defense. Mm, but that's different. It's, like, self-defense, you know? Um, it wasn't provoked. <laughs> yeah, like, so I think... Look at my shiny shit. <laughs> I'm gonna stab you now. <laughs> I think Hiei's was more sadistic, and then, like, Guts's was more tragic. Yeah. Um, so Hiei's basically wish for a fight ends up biting him in the ass, because while he's fighting this one guy, he manages to fall off a cliff, and he loses the Hiroseki Stone, and... He has to figure out a way to find it, and his solution is like, I guess I gotta get some psychic powers. So he, I mean, that's the obvious question. You know, it's not search the bottom of the the river. Or I assume he did that for a couple powers. of days. He probably was just like, I can't fuck psychic powers exist. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like let's get a third eye. So, so it was his demon psych physiotherapist. <laughs> he calls up his health insurance, be like, "Hey, yo, this covered under, underneath a uh, demon insurance." Um, unfortunately, we don't cut. Co- we don't cover the deductible on that due to it being a enhancement surgery, and 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 technically, it's underneath the plastic surgery. All suddenly, you see here, they run, cut the guys up. <laughs> And he goes to Shigure, who takes one um, look at Hiei, um, who is currently A-class, and he says, like, yeah, man, it's the pain's going to be too much for you, which pisses Hiei off, and he <laughs> he basically draws his sword and stabs his own hand, being like, I can handle pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's a thing that happened. I mean, he's st- like I was like, "Whoa, he's metal as hell, Mister Tough Guy." <laughs> and so Shigeru's like, if- "I'll do it, but you have to pay me with a good story." Um, which basically he gives him his life story. He's like, "Okay, that's pretty good, bro." <laughs> and so it's like he then um, he puts he in the surgery, implanting the Jagan eye. Um, so. From what I remember, he's, like, essentially strapped in this very, like, H, uh, R. Geiger, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah, H.R. It's very, it looks, like, more, less like a safe clinical lab and more like an Eber laboratory. <laughs> and then he installs the second butthole. <laughs> That's a reference to existence for anyone who doesn't know. Uh... Uh, <laughs> So this is yeah, the they, they have a, they have like a oh sorry they have like a port that they put into jack into the thing and it's like a, a like a butthole looking thing in the back of their neck. So Go buy extends on VHS, Blu-ray, DVD, butthole plug, but yeah, butthole plug. Get it on BHP. God damn it. Uh, anyways, so the surgery room is shown to be inside of like a Southeast Asian style, like a Buddhist style stupa. 
like, Mm -hmm. which is a type of building. Shigure is interesting because, like, you know, at this point we're dealing with demons who are, like, thousands of years old and are, like, the stuff of legend. And in many ways he seems to be kind of possibly the basis for Shiva, who um, in the ancient times before being known as Shiva was called Rudra um, and was a god of both medicine and, like, plague. And, like, you know, therefore the power to heal, the power to destroy, and uses a trident. So while he doesn't use a trident, it's interesting that this figure who does, like, medicine and, like, also will ruin your fucking life and lives in, like, a South Asian-style, South and Southeast Asian-style building is, like, here. So it's it's kind of a cool parallel. I don't think it's necessarily that he is supposed to be that figure, but that he is reminiscent of it. Yeah, I gotta point out how, how much of a wimp that, that uh, he is. He didn't even make the first incision and he started screaming. What a wimp. Well, how would you react if you were getting an incision with no uh, anesthesia? anesthesia? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's probably fine. Like, I'd be okay with the first cut, but as soon as he stretches out to get that eye, I mean, that's reasonable, but it's like, he just like lightly cuts. He's like, I even make the I didn't even make the real incision yet. That was just the the dotting lines. You can't handle this, kid. Get out of here. So yeah, so Hiei like wakes up and he's like really fucked up and he's about to walk away. And Shigeru's like, "You're gonna fucking die if you go out there. <laughs> like maybe I should teach you how to fight." And it's basically like one of the first kindnesses outside of being adopted by that like bandit crew that he has experienced in his life. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, effectively, Shigure, like, actually taught Hiei, like, swordsmanship. Like, Hiei vastly improved since then, but, like, in many ways, Shigure is this weird master. Um, Shigure fights with this, like, thing called the Phosphorus Ring Sword, which he explains is made from the spine, like, a, a spine vertebrae of, like, either a giant wild boar or a giant wild bull, depending on translation. That's pretty fucking metal. Yeah, he uh, he uses it both like up close and also can throw it boomerang style or Captain America. Like it basically has Captain America fucking shield rules and like it can cut when he wants it to or bounce off shit when he wants it to. Yep. And so it goes back to the fight um, and he uh, it's so they rush towards each other and it ends with he's arm being cut off and Shigure, the top of his head is cut off. And he, I'm trying to remember what the line was that was said. In the English or the Japanese? Well, I watched in the English. Um, this was like a most honorable, no, it was the most honorable dad. That's what he says in the end. I was, oh, what did he say? Yeah, so we should really give uh, he a hand on this one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> to to really elaborate what happened, the fight started with them getting in close, and he fucking takes his sword, which is double edged, and puts it in front of his arm. And Shigure, in that moment, says something like, "Wait, he's willing to sacrifice his arm because." He basically uses it to stop the momentum of Shigure's huge weapon, but at the price of in order to draw it fast enough to be able to strike again as he jumps up on top of Shigure's, like, hula hoop, he has to pull the sword through his own arm, cutting his own arm off, and then, like, goes in for a cut that, like, kind of hits. Shigure mm-hmm. then, like, can recompose himself, put the hula hoop back up, cut Hiei's insides, like, basically apart, and then he, as he's like falling over to die, cuts the top of Shigure's head off. It's metal Wait, as fuck. He kind of pivots, right? Yeah. Where he like kind of like uses the curve of the sword to move, 
And as he's doing it, his um, the arm closest to Shigure's head has a sword and then cuts his head off. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, so he slices himself further yeah. in, order to, um, in order to kill him. And yeah. it's half of his sword, too, because it breaks. Oh, yeah, yeah the breaks. tip of the sword breaks off because the Phosphorus ring sword is shown to be stronger than steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I was actually looking up Shigure's backstory a little bit. And it's really interesting. Uh, did you know that the Shigura was the head of his class in med school? I'm really wondering where this is coming from. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> yeah, and so when the fight ends, um, Shigure, um, not Shigure, Mercuro appears and they reveal that inside their mouth is the Hiroseki Stone. And it was in their sock the entire time. Also, this is um, the first it, time you see their skin tone. Yes, so you see a lot, actually a lot of the different features of Mercuro. It's no longer just like a little eye peeking out a bunch of images. Um, so the Hiroseki Stone essentially meant nothing personally to her it was, since it was a tribute um, from a village. Um, so, but she gives it to Hiei, um, who is basically having his final moments at the <laughs> moments, and he's like, I don't want, and he says, her, I don't want a stone covered in your stomach acid. <laughs> and <laughs> he passes out, right? Yeah, he pretty much yeah, passed out. He's pretty much passed out by but then. I think she says like something like, "Tell me the rest of the story." Oh, <laughs> and, she, and she's like, yeah, lying she's, there bleeding. Yeah, she's like face down on the ground, and she like puts her hands on him, and basically she's able to read his okay. telepathic there. Um, telepathically read Ye's memories about Kina. Um, and how the first time that his shagai is open and he's able to find the village of the Ice Maidens, he came there to kill everyone, but he found that they were just living such sad, pointless lives that he's like, well, they're basically living like they're dead. So there's really no point um, that it looks so sad and helpless that it was pointless to kill them. And then the... Ice Village elders come out of the town, and um, Hiei runs into Rui in person, and Rui takes him to his mother's grave and explains, like, yeah, his mother Hina killed herself soon after Hiei was, like, yeeted into, (laughs) out of the village, Um, and he, Rui tells Hiei about his sister Yukina for the first time, and Hiei's, like, now has a new goal, um, something new to pursue, and that's finding his sister. And then Rui's like, I know who you are. Why are are you leaving me alive? And he doesn't answer. He just, he just leaves. (laughs) And going back, um, he's on time. Real, real quick. Um, I think it's interesting. So Hiei has, like, a constant sort of thing where he hates people Mm who wait for things to happen to them in order to change like he is always active and i think this may have been the root of this because like this is like paralleled to the point earlier in the episode where he basically told yukino like oh if you hate them you should kill them yourself like Mm -hmm. this is like you know rui you know saying like oh i wanted you to kill me and he's like i'm not gonna do it you should do it yourself and like um i noticed it's it's very interesting because like 
if you see this in parallel to other characters in the show, Yusuke was the person who waited for things to happen to him at the beginning of the series. Like, Yomi was, like, Hiei when he was young. He was the one who always tried to make things happen. And so it's interesting that you see this dimension of the characters that I never really thought about, that many of the characters can be sort of grouped up in between, like, being reactive versus, like, highly (laughs) proactive. That's a good point. Um, and going back in time, now that he, he has a new goal of finding his sister, he learns that she's gone to human world. So he goes there himself, and that's where he meets Karama. That's when they decide to rob the spirit world for the treasure. And then through that, they run into Yusuke. And then suddenly, he wakes up. In a biological restoring pod, kind of like Goku on Net- Nemec. Um, and Rikuro was so touched by Hiei's story, saying that of all the unconscious, of all the consciousnesses that she's touched, his was the most pleasant. Which is. That was kind of weird. Which is I, really saying something, honestly. I think in one of the versions she said something like, oh, yours was the one that felt most like home. Oh. And I, I like that way of describing it more just because like it yeah. you know it gets very clear that even though she's thousands of years old and he's a you know 17 year old they got some shit in common <laughs> yeah and i like the the typical anime revival pod uh vibe going on with the the weird mask wires going all over the place and he's completely naked assuming uh, i guess assuming to absorb all the healing juices maybe yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I don't know how the fuck it works. Yeah, because I know like a, a lot of anime series with the pause, they always have the weird mask on, the wires all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, Outlaw Star or something. Yeah, Outlaw Star, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, like I I think go- Outlaw Star is less like that, and I think that one's more supposed to be like um. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I'd put this more like with the Goku one and less with the Outlaw Star one because the Outlaw Star one is supposed to be a control interface, a la Evangelion. That's true, yeah. There. I need to finish that up. I started watching that. I only only got to the part where... I love Outlaw Star. If you take out the last, like, four episodes, I'd give it a 75%. If you keep the last four episodes in, I'd give it, like, a 50. Yeah, it's really good, though. I I got to the part where they met up and they they attacked that spider thing in the elevator, or the mech thing. There's, like, the th- the episode three or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, some of the later stuff's, like, really... Like, Outlaw Star is an amazing universe with a kind of okay story. Yeah, I start, started watching, uh, um, what was it, um, Bubblecum Crisis. That one was pretty interesting. I've never seen it. I've always meant to. I always really hear good. about it, and I always like, wow, this is a great shoujo anime title, but it's definitely not that. <laughs> Lol. I, I'm not sure if I watched a remake of it or an, an older version of it or, or like the newer version. It was in the '90s, but it wasn't. It didn't look like what I thought it was, but I might have been mistaken. But mm. anyways, uh, yeah, Makora removes the mask and then shows she's a woman. Yes, so that's why we may have slipped a few she's in there when describing Rikuro. Um, so she is a woman, and she reveals part of her backstory, how she was saved from going um, into a world that was destroyed by hatred um, by looking at the Hiroseki Stone. It like pulled her through some dark times. Um, and she it shows like a 
pan view of her entire body and if half of it is essentially like scarred replaced by some sort of machinery so she is like half cyborg yeah that was kind of weird there's like she's like uh, she's like i'm gonna get naked in front of you now he takes off the clothes yeah and then she's like yeah let me she's in the english dub she's like yeah i want to feel your your soul <laughs> no no <laughs> something like that uh or your conscious I'm feeling your conscious, see? Yeah, their relationship is like <clears throat> really interesting because I I believe it as like it's it's very believable, but it's very transgressive in ways that we'll get into later once they reveal more about Mukuro's background and why she mm-hmm. looks like that, why she is like mm-hmm. that, and why she feels the way she does. Because mm-hmm. she has probably the most twisted background of any character. Like, Hiei and her are, like, on the far end compared to the rest of the characters. Well, like, that's saying a lot since Yeah, Kurama was, like, a fucking, you know, crime lord who, like, murdered his friend. These two have a lot of other shit going on. Wow. They got right. issues. Tian. Great album by Korn. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some weird, like, mommy vibes in their relationship, too, which is weird. <laughs> Nope, no, 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 like, not even joking, like, straight up in the Eizo Hakusho music video, they replace him trying to find his dead mother with it being revealed to be Makuro, and I'm like, oh god! Wow, I'll but you don't even mommy. hide it. Uh, internal screaming. It's also, like, um... manga only reference, happy birthday. <laughs> Gross. We'll get into that eventually about Makuro's background, but happy birthday. Mm. I mean, she's got her birthday suit on, so... You're gonna regret saying that later. Yeah. She naked, but... She robot. Oh my god. It's just, you gotta read the manga and understand, like, this is... Oh boy. Is this gonna be revealed later, or... Uh, no. It's they... never revealed in the anime. It's really only in the manga. They talk about it, but they, like, walk around it. I mean... Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, I was a slave. In the manga, they're like, no, she was a sex slave. Oh, shit. So she was... A- that's why she looks like that, then. Yeah, and, like, she, like, burned, yeah. like, off half of her body in order to make herself unappealing to her master. Fuck. Damn. That's yeah, we can bad. talk more about that when we get there. In the US Yikes. version, they're just like, I ran away from slavery. I mean, in the in the anime version. By setting myself on fire. Basically. So... All right. Episode 101. Oh, I guess this one's me. Uh, In the Japanese one, uh, Demon Realm Thieves, A Thousand Year Reunion, English, Reunion of the Bandits. I actually like both those titles pretty well. Um, Release date in Japan, October 1st, 1994. We get in Spooky. Uh, And in the uh, the US version, January 14th, 2006. Um, Not as spooky. Not as spooky. I mean, January is not really considered a scary month. Uh, so I mean, in this episode, I mean, tax season is pretty scary. So nice. Now that Hiei has become strong enough, wait, that's the same. That's the same synopsis. Well, anyways, oh. uh, if I were to oh, quickly summarize it, uh, Kurama meets up with Yomi, and they reveal their past together and how it's pretty interesting. That's so, weird. I could have sworn I got the other episode. 
Uh, it could have glitched out. Um, so Suichi has his calls forwarded from human world to a cell phone in demon world. Basically, like, the episode starts with him getting a call from his parents, and you hear both parties on the phone, but you don't see them. And it shows, like, basically a series of, like, empty places that Kurama should be. And then it shows him fucking taking a cell phone call outside of a giant city in a perpetually lightning, uh, lightning sky. And it's clearly in demon world. Because his it's mom like, is on her honey, honeymoon and just checking about how he's doing. It's um, like, yeah, fighting demons in the pits of hell. Yeah, I'm good to talk. What about you? Yeah, I remember seeing some meme that was like, oh, yeah, if uh, Kurama can take calls from his mom from Demon World, what excuse do you have? <laughs> um, yeah, so Kuwabara and Kurama... Uh, no, so Kuwabara was at the wedding, but it didn't show anyone else. So presumably it was after Yusuke and Hiei already left for the human world. But it's really weird to have Kuwabara be the one at his wedding. Uh, at his mom's wedding. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Kurama waited two months before heading out. Uh, probably Head, heading over. Yeah, heading over. He was probably making some plans, trying to figure out like what was going on. He's um, also a high school student, like, and who does school? Didn't stop Yusuke. Yusuke does not attend school, but for Kurama, he has to keep up appearances. So I wonder if he has school leave. It's it's a, it's like, uh, excuse me, Miss Yomi, I need to go uh, study for my algebra test. Go ahead and do that, Kurama. Well, I think it's like summer vacation, mm, baby. Summer vacation. I don't know how summer vacation works in Japan exactly. I think it's one month. The, one month, and he says explicitly in in the English dub that he chose August for yeah. that one month. So, um, yeah, in Human World, Kurama now has a stepbrother. Does anyone remember the kid's name? Suichi. I just called him Kurama Junior. Hakanaka. Yeah, because he has the Wait, same. Wait, was he also as... Suichi? Because I could have sworn yeah. I heard that, and I'm like, maybe the Spanish they, version fucked up. No, no, no. They did have the same, have the same name. name. They Why the fuck? It's, it's like it's like it's kind of funny we have the same name, Big Brother Oni Chan. In um, the English show, they change his name to Kokoda. In order oh, to okay, work that's the name I remember. <laughs> but like, yeah, in yeah. the Spanish version, they're like, I am also Suichi. I just refer to him as Kurama Junior. Nice. Uh, yeah. So also, also uh, maybe it was just me, but am I get I, am I getting like Code Geass vibes? Like I didn't watch Code I got Geass. A, Oh, ba- uh, basically, he has a brother that's not really his brother. I guess that's kind of spoilerish, but man, I can't does... wait to find out what Dojins did with that. Um... Oh, uh, the funniest thing though is that oh the, no, is, no, no, no. Sorry, not about it's uh, the thing is that in the show the the boy in the dubs voiced by Spike Spencer, and he literally just plays Shinji the entire time. That's weird. I don't know, did you guys watch Kogios? Yeah, I watched it. I that second season with like the non brother who shows up, I was so confused. And the longest time I was like I they explain like the, who he is exactly eventually and why he's there. But I'm still just very confused. Maybe it's just those types of characters I just personally mm. don't like. So it, I tend to just be like you just make no sense. I don't want you in this. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you finish it? Yeah. Well, I think okay. it, for the most part, yeah. I think at some point I was like, this is getting oh. too convoluted for my taste. Because they explain it. Uh, I don't. I kind of don't want to go into it in case Joe wants to watch it. But I don't mind they, spoilers, they do ex- but I mean, there, there's a whole cast of people listening to this. And there's a whole group yeah. of people listening. 
Yeah, so it basically just the brother turns out to be a spy or something, and the the kids the the, the main character's mind was erased, and be, and believe that that was actually his brother. Interesting. And then he's like super obsessed with him. But yeah, not like Yandere creepy. style. It was basically a little it was a, light like Yandere. Yeah. And nice. I just I just hate that trope. I'm pretty sure it was it was made for fan service in the worst way possible. Nice. But so, anyways, hey. where are we at? Sorry about that. Kerala uh, is in Gondra. <laughs> Gondra. Really? Does it say that? Yeah, that's the name they give it. Oh, that's um, pretty funny. Both in the Spanish and U.S. version. I forget if they say it in Japanese or not. Um, but yeah, Kurama's in Gondara and attacked by three powerful ninjas, uh, one of whom he stabs through a tree, and the other two of whom he cuts to pieces with his whip. It was It's a really hardcore action scene out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, he like turns them into meat piles, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, and then Yomi just comes out, and he's like, hey, man, just wanted to test you. And, you know, just like good friends do. And in the Spanish version, he even says, like, que clase de... Oh, no, so Kurama even says, like, que clase de bienvenido es esta, which basically means, like, what kind of, like, welcome is this? Fuck you. It's party time. Uh, and then he, he says, like, this was just a test? Oh, my God. Uh, it's apparently been a thousand years since Kurama left Demon World for Spirit World. Uh, at least in the Spanish version. Was that what they said in the others? Uh, I think it was about a thousand years. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but... So they introduce, like, an assistant to Yomi named, uh, Yuda or Yoda, depending on which version. So, if you are watching the Funimation website subs, uh, and also the Funimation DVD subs, it will say Yoda, if you listen to the English dub, it says Yuda, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if yeah. you watch the Spanish version, they say Yuda, except for one guy who clearly fucks up and says Yoda. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize that line I put underneath there, Joe. You can read it if you want. Uh, I... <laughs> I was going to try doing impressions of every other member of the Jedi Council instead of him, but you know what? We'll just leave that for the listeners. There we go, yeah. That's my my only covet with this, is that I don't want that. Yeah, so in the Spanish version, uh, Yuda Yoda has a lisp which sounds like an accidental Castellano accent, but I I don't think there was a point there. I just think he sounds like a maybe a nerd or some shit. I don't know. I misread that late at night, and I thought that said Costanza, and I just started giggling uncontrollably. (laughs) Yep, he sounds like George Costanza. It's very weird. Uh, Yeah, that's why I was giggling so hard until I read it. I was like, what? So Yuda is suspicious because, like, Kurama seems very weak to him. So he's like, what's the point, man? Why are we doing that? Huda man, Joe? Yuda man. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Patrick has a note here that says, what's with all these Star Wars references these last episodes? Like, yeah. Seriously. I I don't know. He even looks like fucking Yoda. Oh, yeah. He's clearly just Yoda. I mean, but, like, honestly, Yoda is based... I mean, Star Wars is based on a Japanese movie, which is based on older Japanese folktales, so it's not that weird. I thought weird. it was based off that Chinese manga. No, it's... Wait, 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 one, what? And two, it's based off a movie called The Hidden Fortress, which was an Akira Kurosawa movie. Is that the one where it has the M. Bison in it? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there is basically they ripped off M. Bison from this one movie. I thought it was Hidden Fortress, though. No, like, so Hidden Fortress is exactly the same. No, Hidden Fortress is a samurai movie, 
but it's about a tall peasant and a short peasant who meet up with a princess who then finds a former knight of her father's who they then infiltrate a fortress that intends to destroy like their faction. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah, totally Lord of the Rings. Definitely yep. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I but, remember that uh, part where they threw the Death Star in the fires of Mount Doom. It was weird. Yeah, that was that was my favorite scene. And then and then when that the dwarf and the other guy. Anyways, uh, where where were we at? Sorry. So <laughs> Yuda is shown to have like graphing programs on his like on his projector and his PC where he's showing graphics of like, here's the approximate strength of everybody in the different kingdoms. Check it out. I made this in Excel. Did he also use it to find the weakness of the Death Star? Yeah, why not? Hey, uh, I said I'm not doing the Yoda impression, but I didn't say I can make Star Wars references. Nice. That's that's open. Just don't don't do Yoda voice. I have bad experiences with that. So Yuda basically okay. has a model that says, like, in a year, uh, you know, here's the approximate strengths of the countries. And they're just like, why is Ryzen not showing up on that thing? And they're like, because he'll be dead. Ooh, Ooh shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Yuda shows that the three kings are by far the most powerful with their second commands. Um, not being significant compared to them, but being many times stronger than everyone after them. So it's like hyper stratified. Um, and so basically Kurama uses this as a way to point out, like, we need to develop people who are this strong. And Shachi, who is one of, um, uh, Yomi's advisors, his second strongest, like, you know, right after him. Wait, wait, wait. What's his name? Shachi. Shachi. Shachi? Shachi. Ah, so Yomi does love Sashi, right? Wait, is it Sachi or Shachi? It sounds like it sounds like Shachi. It might be Sachi. I think it's Sachi. Wait, Patrick, no, how did you no, hear it in your version? Because in the Spanish version, it was Shachi. How is it in Japanese? I just just how it was written, Shachi. Okay, and then so in the English, they might have said Sachi. Yeah, I mean it's it sounds like Joni and Shachi to me. So God damn it. Maybe maybe this was a Happy Days reference too. I don't know. No, no Happy Days reference. <sighs> Uh, so yeah, basically Shachi, uh, no, so Kurama proposes like, yeah, we need to, uh, you know, get people as strong as that. And Shachi's like, that's impossible. I'm the fucking second strongest here. No one's anywhere near my level. There's no point to what you're doing. I'm not a fan of politics. Fuck all of y'all. He's very much the military might over political gains. Uh, so he's character. basically the Shogun then? Uh, he's more like the general under Yomi. Like Yomi's like a king and he's like the general. So is that in the Spanish dub in the Japanese dub where he's just like I don't like these politics? Uh, I think it's in the Spanish dub. He says like I don't I don't care for like you know these formalities, but I think it's implied in all of them that he's more about the direct action rather than planning. Versace, that's so different from like the English dub. Oh, what they say in English, I don't remember. Okay, so when Karama is. like saying, yeah, you know, like the second commands are like they're like everyone's too weak currently. There will be new second commands and stuff like that. And um, Sashi gets really pissed. And another one's like another demon who's on off screen is like, wait, Sashi, he doesn't know our ways. Right? Blah, blah, because blah, blah, blah. okay, oh we yeah, need I remember this. More yeah, context in this. Okay. okay, so essentially, if you guys remember from the episode, Karama proposes because. It, because in comparison to the, the 
through to the three kings, their second in commands are significantly weaker because it's like they just haven't gathered enough data to show any significant amount of power in which Sashi takes offense to, and he's just like, you can't just say that. There are, like, rules and hierarchies set in this kingdom, and you're disrespecting them. Because um, when Karama brings up the point, like, if the number twos aren't strong enough, then they need to be replaced in order to bolster the power of the king of the kingdom. And so the other guys like Sachi, you gotta calm down. He's a guest. He doesn't know our ways yet. And Sachi's like, who, who doesn't matter if he's a guest or not? This is the way that it should be. You're not gonna let this um, punk redhead kid come in and try to mess that up. Oh, you're right. Those are very different. Uh, Patrick, what mm-hmm. was it like in Japanese? Was it more like uh, the Spanish or the English? Um, I mean, it just, it just seemed like he was just really salty, you know, just angry general guy. It wasn't like, you know. Okay. It's basically just the English, essentially. Oh, it's like the English? I th- I would have thought that was like the, the Japanese where he was in the, Jap- uh, uh, like the Spanish. In the Spanish, he was very salty um, and was I guess just... it was, yeah, more Spanish then. Yeah, so um, I guess like the way I'm looking at this is this might be an interesting cross-cultural thing. Where the English version would make it seem like, oh, yeah, the thing to be valued is, like, new blood, like, coming up with new ideas, and therefore that's what Kurama's proposing as opposed to old hierarchy. Well, in the Japanese one, it's like, no, Kurama actually is the old blood and, like, is the one who is implementing the correct strategies, uh, and Shachi was an idiot and, like, you know, not actually versed in politics. And so I wonder if it kind of reflects, like, a divide in terms of, like, the idea of, like, new ideas versus, like, old hierarchies in Japan versus U.S. Like, like they decided to have, like, a different interpretation of how Sachi would view Kurama. Because Sachi's obviously viewing Kurama as, like, this new upstart. Yeah, in the U.S., Kurama is innovative, while in the Japanese one, Kurama is actually traditional and showing that that is the correct way. But also, like, in terms of who, not just bringing up ideas, but who they are within, like, the organite, within, like, Yomi's court. Like, Kurama's, like, this strange newcomer who's coming in and bringing up, like, radical ideas versus probably the Japanese or the Spanish may interpret as, like, the old, like, the old leadership coming in and proposing, like, a different idea to compare with how things were done that yeah. makes sense you know yeah i think Maybe it's i think it's a definitely yeah it's a very interesting difference that like i hadn't really put together before even though i had seen both versions i had never noticed how different those were until you pointed it out mm. yeah kurama yeah. always as like the outsider but the outsider to what order is always the question like whether it's like if he's the outsider to the new order or if he is the new order mm-hmm. yeah Oh, pretty interesting. <laughs> I didn't realize it was so different. Yeah. So um, this kind of goes to a shot of, like, uh, Kurama walking through Gondora, which is shown to be, like, it's this futuristic metropolis that also incorporates aspects of, like, ancient Rome and cathedrals. So it's effectively, like, the idealized techno-fascist state that, like, Mussolini wanted. It's very weird. Uh, I mean, because, like, Yomi is, let's be real, a straight-up fascist um, and so it's it's interesting seeing, like, oh, what if we took, like, fascist architecture to, like, its, like, logical extent and then combined it with fantasy? 
it's a really weird place. But uh, Yomi then kind of yeah. gets real weird and decides to go American Psycho and offer uh, to, you know, introduce Kurama to someone that uh, he knows, actually. I wonder if they like Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, Yomi kind of like quips like, oh, that's interesting, Kurama. Your heart rate went up when I asked you about that. What's, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's nothing. Um, it's like he has, he has like the, the heart monitor thing on him. It's like, why did you grab this? Oh, no reason. Oh, yeah. So Yomi is, I, I don't know if they've covered it, but his hearing is, um, you know. like Yeah, his hearing is, so like, at this point, he's making it seem like, oh, it's like Daredevil level. But like later they reveal like, no, he can literally hear anything in his entire country. Wow, it's it's. Imagine trying to go to sleep with that. Yeah, I wonder if he just has crazy earplugs or some shit. <laughs> it, it, it's it's like uh, he's like he he yells at he's like Shaka, stop banging that girl upstairs. I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm just imagining like him just like addressing his citizens, and he just like singles one guy out. He's like, oh, that's what your voice sounds like. Oh, okay, I know you. Quit your shit. And then the guy's like, excuse me, Lord Yomi. And he's like, you know what I'm talking about. And then he just goes back to his speech. <laughs> Because he just knows everybody's business. Imagine it's just a giant broomstick hitting the top of the 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 upper floors. It's like be quiet down there. I can't. It's like five floors down. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you know they reveal this person, and Krama is terrified to see this decaying husk of someone who was clearly very powerful in the past. Um, the spirit attacked Yomi about a thousand years ago, and back then Krama and Yomi were best buds, uh, with Yomi being the second to Krama's first. And Yoko was effectively pulling a Griffith from Berserk of trying to start his own country by, you know, accumulating money through war and, like, robbery. And uh, this often doesn't go well. As seen here in Berserk and in fucking uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. I think Dororo is the same way. Oh, I've, I've not actually seen it. It's pretty good. I recommend watching it. So, uh, Yomi was really ambitious and would take, uh, Yoko's guys out with him and not ask Kurama, you know, for, like, not ask Kurama to do it. And this resulted in many of their best men dying. Um, in this case, they show a flashback to a place that's hyper booby trapped or it's like some Sen's Fortress shit from Dark Souls. It's real bad. Uh, but Kurama always shows up and saves him. Uh,. And then, yeah, like, Kurama shows up, but he, like, says more and more threatening things every time he, like, has to pick him up. And eventually he's like, I'm going to kill you one day, you know. But, like, in the Spanish version, he says that, but it's kind of, like, sarcastic. In the English version, I think, in the English and Japanese, I think he says vastly different things, like, you should be more careful or something like that. Yeah, that's what it says. It's like, it's like the, your, your attitude is going to get you killed one of these days. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm rereading what it says in Spanish. It's more like... uh this will this will kill you by your own actions eventually mm. yeah pretty much on point so, yep so yoki tries to uh, uh sorry yomi tries to invade a ruined castle and the whole crew is murdered by a class a or s demon who then proceeds to blind him um i forget what he says in spanish but i remember distinctly in english he says look at me and then fucking cuts his yeah. eyes out <laughs> well that's what he gets for trying to fight dracula yeah, and then uh, Yomi just stabs around in the dark and stabs the assassin hard enough that the assassin decides to retreat. Uh, and then in the um, Spanish version, he says something like, my mission is complete. 
Uh, and then in, in the English version, he says, you know, like, life's more important than the reward or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes, like, which drives Yomi crazy because he's like, what the fuck do you mean the reward? Like, you know, your mission, stuff like that. And then he falls down a cliff completely blind because he can't fucking see. And then he waits for Kurama. He waits maybe, like, days, weeks for Kurama to find him and Kurama never comes. Maybe he just forgot. He just got a little bit busy. Yeah, you know. It happens, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, and then Yomi remarks, oh, you know, he basically finds it again hilarious that Kurama's heart, like, his heart rate went crazy. And then now that he saw that the demon who's there is nearly dead, it went back to his normal heart rate. Like, Yomi's like, oh, that's weird. Why would you, why would you get suddenly very calm at seeing this guy might not be able to talk? Weird. Yeah, and then uh, apparently the demon can talk, and he tells uh, Yomi some secrets. Yeah, he he asks, like, who's the one who stole the light from me, or something like that. Like, Yomi constantly refers to him being blinded as, like, you know, stealing my light, which is really fucking cool, at least to <laughs> me. Um, so in the English and Japanese, he says, like, you know, he had cruel eyes uh, with silver hair, it was Yoko Kurama, dun-dun-dun. In the Spanish version, he says something a bit weirder. In the Spanish version, he says, I'm going to quote this directly, Tenía unos ojos chinos de frialdad. So he says, he has Chinese eyes of cruelty. Wow. wow. Chinese <laughs> eyes of, 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 of uh, frigi- frigidity. Wow. And so That's, I meant uh... to research this. But, like, I know that the use of Chinese as, like, a way to refer to all Asians is a lot more common in the Spanish-speaking world. Like, obviously, not good, and frankly, is racist, regardless of what anyone tells you. But it's really weird. Um, so I, I then searched, you know, ojos chinos, like, on uh, on Google just to see what came up. And, like, straight up, a lot of makeup tutorials about how to give yourself ojos chinos de maquillaje. <laughs> came up and I was like, are you fucking serious? Give yourself Chinese makeup eyes? I was like, what the fuck? Oh, wow. Boy. Probably, probably some, you know, you know, some of them Asian boos. Asian boos, <laughs> yes, yeah. Wanting to look Japanese or Korean. Yeah. Watching too much, much too many of those K-pop videos. <laughs> maybe, maybe. What was interesting is I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, why is Chino, you know, more common than saying, like, you know, the word for Asian, because, like, that'd be more correct. And, like, clearly, while, like, there is a racist aspect to it, maybe there's other reasons. And then I realized, like, oh, shit, the way to say Asian would be, like, Asiaticos, which is a much longer word. And so while it is not an excuse to be racist, I get why grammatically Chinos, as, like, a way of describing all Asians, has, like, proceeded. You know, I find interesting is that Chinos is actually really close to another another way to refer Another, a slur in English that I'm not going to say out loud because it's disgusting. I mean, yeah, they are inherently related. I gotcha. No, so it's like, oh, wow, it's pretty bad. I mean, if you want to know something even crazier, you know the material chinos or, like, the garment? Yeah. Also named after Chinese people. Wow. Wow. Well, that one's, that one's Spaniards who lived in the Philippines' fault because they saw the cotton shirts worn by Chinese people, and they're like, ah, oh, camisetas chinos. Yeah, that's... It's, it's bad. Now, why would they... I'm guessing is it... I mean, how is it nowadays? Is, it, is that, like, a common thing to say, or is that just... Yeah, chinos as a way of describing all Asians is still very much a thing. Um, like, when... 
like people who speak Spanish are referring to like Asian people. They often refer to them as chinitos, aka little Chinese people. Um, like this is obviously like less true with more education, etc. But this is still like a common thing. Like I'm surprised they put it in like a dub, an official like an anime dub. Saying it's not like considered that. racist, even though it is. I gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was kind of. I was trying to figure. Is like maybe it's not as offensive in that language, even though it is offensive. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's anyway. pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, I also found out that the like what do you know? Uh, there's some. I think he's in some rock group. A guy named Chino Moreno. No. Yeah, some he was in some rock group. I forget what it is, but it was a fairly popular rock group. And so I was like. Wait, does his name literally just mean dark Asian guy? And then I looked it up, and, like, it turns out he's a quarter Asian, but his, like, family just called it, like, because when he was young, he looked more Asian than Latino, so everyone just called, and his last name was Moreno, so everyone just called him Chino, and so he grew up being called dark Asian guy. (laughs) Wow. It was really weird. Anyways. Really weird. (laughs) So, on the note of his cruel Chinese eyes... Um, yeah, so turns out, you know, Kurama ordered the hit on his own, on his own guy. Wow, weird. So, uh, fucking Yomi goes insane, makes like an incredibly loud yell after trying to pretend to be calm this whole time, (laughs) like yells at the top of his lungs, not screams, like yells, deep throated yell, and then just takes his fucking Nazi jackboots and like slams into the guy's face and fucking murders him in the most gruesome way possible. And then he's like, oh, Kurama. We're cool. That was a long time ago. I feel fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, good. I was suspecting it, but no biggie. No, he's like, I'm I knew, busy. but uh, hearing it, just hearing it, oh, we're good. We're good. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, I heard your parents are on vacation. How's that going? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Kurama's like, what if I don't help you? And then he's like, hey, uh, you know how I said that I uh, didn't know what you've been up to? Yeah, I know what plane your parents are on. How 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 about that? How's that vacation going? Yeah, kind of weird, you know. It's, I guess that tracking device was pretty handy to put on him, you know. Yeah, turns out uh, I've uh, been lying about everything, Karama. Let's really talk right now. Let's be friends. Yeah, I love like Yomi is like one of my favorite things in all of Yu Hakusho, and it saddens me that he is in the worst season. Yeah, uh, I just don't know why he just couldn't take the, the firing. I mean, I mean, Kurama essentially just fired him. I mean, geez, talk about holding a grudge. He did more than fired him, man. I mean, I mean, in Demon World, that's pretty much the equivalency of getting fired is getting violently murdered by a giant demon beast guy. <laughs> Lol. At the order of your own boss. I mean, I mean, it's uh, essentially it has to be the same thing, right? I mean, yeah. what are they going to do when they die? Die more? I don't know. So when, um, when like, you know, Kurama's basically trying to get away, like, Yomi says, in the Spanish version, I, I hope this is reflected in the English and Japanese. In the Spanish version, he says, like, necesito tu, uh, necesito tu calma, tu gran crueldad. Like, basically, like, I need your calm. I need your incredible cruelty. Gross. It's my favorite uh, verse from Bad Romance. I don't know if you guys remember that verse, but yeah. Sounds like a lyric from Black Veil Brides. 
Yep. So uh, Yomi's basically just calling in a favor using a threat. It's good. It's real good. I actually really like what they set up with this. Yeah. I think it's really a good, interesting episode. A lot of mind games are occurring here. Some power moves. <laughs> the political intrigue. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting. Very violent. So now we get to the episode where things... Now we're basically past flashbacks and things are going to start changing. Okay, so this is episode 102 in Japanese, Yoko's Transformation, A Creeping Bloodlust. In English, Torn Between Identities. Very different from each other. (laughs) Very different. So the Japanese release date was October 8th, 1994, and the American U.S. one was January 21st, 2006. Basically, Yomi has forced Kurama to serve as his advisor, but the alliance is hardly stable due to the ancient hatred that they share. Meanwhile, some familiar faces from the past return for one more shot against Yusuke. Ooh, so we're touching both Kurama and Yusuke this time. So, um, basically, Sachi is talking to some parasite between Ren of Ren and Stimpy. The bunny from Donnie Darko and Snake. That's a good mashup comparison. <laughs> he he also then... looks a lot like. Um, sorry to bring this back to Dark Souls. He looks a lot like uh, King King Seeker, King Seeker Framped. Kind of kind of also looks like the uh, like the ghouls from Fallout Three. Oh, yeah. that, I see what you wrote in the notes. Haste smooth skin. <laughs> so um, Karama plans to get. Some people from the human realm to, like, help basically build a new army. And it's like, I know a guy. And then um, it flashes back to the human world during class in Kaito. I don't understand this. Kaito 1412 Kaito Kid. Oh, okay. As I was just referring to him. Oh, okay. Well, he's, like... Asking for the deeds about what's happening, and Karama gives him, like, a short spiel, like, yeah, we're all against each other, basically, but, sorry, Kaito can be a part of it. But Kaito's very nice, he's like, well, I'm here for you, bro, so... He just doesn't want to be there to fight for him, <laughs> Yeah, <bro>. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Karama can also now transform at will... Um, in, in the demon world, or is it human too? Human too. Human well, it's kind of like this short scene where he's like, his family's having dinner, he's brooding off in like their backyard forest, and oh, he turns yeah. into Yoko for like a second, <laughs> thinking about like, oh, my life, I've always been torn between being Suichi Minamino and <laughs> Karama, and maybe, now maybe just Yoko. To, <laughs> he just wants to uh, brush his beautiful locks. Yes. <laughs> he's like, ah. Oh. Long so, day after school, let me brush my beautiful locks. Just so it reiterates that this is set in the 90s, Kurama has a beeper, a goddamn beeper, and he's actually created by his um, Suichi Jr., Kurama Jr., um, his little stepbro, but he knows something's up immediately, and they're in the bedroom, and like little Suichi is like, like I've seen him called many times, like, what well, takes out a cigarette and Karama swipes it from his hand to, and says, like, you can't tarnish this boy's body or something like that. 
Um, Man, take it out yourself. of context. That's a weird fucking thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> or like you don't put something along the lines of don't harm his body, and the parasite comes out from um, little Suichi's ears, like and basically the parasite threatens to torture the boy without killing him. And if Karama were to kill the parasite while he was still in the boy's body, then little Suichi would die as well. So. Um, Krama is like, okay, like, they talk it out or something. Well, he's like, I, I could kill, I can torture you without killing you, and you'll uh, just wish for death. And the parasite's like, okay, man, don't gotta, you don't have to go. Take it easy, man. Take it easy, man. Like, we can work something out. Like, I'm down to just play double agent or triple agent, because I'm also working for Yomi. <laughs> can we Yomi talk about how... Sachi. Can we talk about how his voice in the English version is this weird, like, Cheech Marin-ass voice? He's like, oh, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Krama Jr. ain't here, man. <laughs> Mang. So, uh, <laughs> basically, um, Krama's getting people trained at Genkai's compound, which um, apparently contains a Shinto shrine above the Timberland, and... Um, Timberlin or Timberline? Timberline. It's like uh, where, uh, so that's a, at a point on a mountain where trees stop because it becomes inhospitable for trees to grow. Yeah, and so I think he's like talking and he's, Karama's not really sure what he's going to do really until Yusuke makes the first move. And, um, but he is going to be recruiting like a certain amount of people and we find out who and the note says this needs to be named Civil War. It's very suiting. <laughs> so we have the beautiful Suzuki, um, Shishi, the, what's his full name? Shishi Wakamaru. Shishi Wakamaru, Toya, Chu, Rinku, and Jin. Jin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Not Asian, not Asian Jin yeah. or Randall, Randall Park. Park. Yeah, Randall Jin. Park is over here. <laughs> it's just some random guy in a hoodie hi I'm Jim he gets murdered in the first part it's, of the episode it's like what happened I said get Jin not Jim I didn't know where's Jin anyways it's like on a cliff man this sucks well we already got Jim let's train him up <laughs> so we have a bunch of badass training scenes Genkai just like with Yusuke does not show any of these guys really mercy so you have Chu walking on a tightrope while drinking. Um, That's falls, safe practice. He, yeah. <laughs> falls, but he catches himself with demon energy. Then He just, he just charges <laughs> into the ground. And charges he charges into the ground. <laughs> I don't... What is this one? Slacklining He's the slacklining kids, kids oh, on yeah. campus. Like, you know at every college campus, so there's people who do slacklining? Oh, it's, yeah. it's like slacklining kids be like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like try this at home kids and then it's like um then we have Rinku who now can use all four limbs for his, all the yo-yos and can even cut through mountains and he's like yeah look what I can do take this blah 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 and then Genkai's like dude remember they're just cutting up rocks. You're gonna be facing real people, real enemies. Hey, if he fights a rock monster, he's like solid. That's true. No pun intended. Hey. And 
<laughs> we go back to Gondara and Sachi is trying to like spread discord by saying stuff like, oh yeah, Kurama can't produce six dudes with greater power than 10k. Oh, 100,000. I like how they start going into like, we have scouters now. Yeah, you just just take out your little walkie-talkie with the (laughs) Also, when when have we been measuring measuring spirit power and fucking numbers? I thought it was just like... I think it's only I think it's only, uh the demon world who starts doing that. Cause I think like the idea is that Gondora is incredibly technically, technologically advanced. So they probably started mm-hmm. making effectively scouters. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Can they also read power levels and find the magic, uh, spirit balls? Oh yeah. It took me a second to see what you're going for. You know, I'll just pretend that I'm going to insert romantic Agario right now into the song, into the <laughs> episode. So, uh, six dudes show up and are just as powerful as they said. Yeah, and, like, what's, like, Utaha is a scouter? Who, which is that? Yuda. Yuda. Yuda has. Oh, okay, the scouter. Yuda man. Yuda has the scouter, <laughs> and so it is, like, this little blocky, like, little radio. Looks like, like a fucking taser. Yeah. Yes. It kind of <laughs> reminds me, so... I'm house hunting, and there's realtors who have, like, little pads so they can unlock the keys. So it kind of reminds me of that. But anyway, um, so it can read, like, the powers, and, like, he scans all of them and, like, everything. So Sashi's, like, Sashi says to Yomi, like, you shouldn't trust them and, like, um, all that as they're going to follow Karama's orders, not yours. But Yuda like says that Sashi is just afraid of change and is going to be outpowered, and um, says that he's a great warrior but a terrible leader. Which and, is true. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. true. And then um, it shows like uh, yeah, everyone, all the six demons from the Dario tournament, they all have like around. I want to say like it was like tw- at least. 120,000? Yeah, it was 120,000 up to, like, 130-something. Yeah, so it was a pretty high range, and everyone's, like, shocked, shooked. So she saw she's like, what the hell? And so, um, yeah, but then Sachi later on, he's, like, sneaking by, and he sees, like, he uses his own scouter on Krama, and it just says, like, 8,000. He's like, Really? This bitch, she's only 8,000. It's not even over 8,000. Yeah. And it crushes the scouter. God damn it. And, yeah. Um, and then I think, yeah, then he's like, basically, Karama's like walking down like this dark hallway looking very cool, and Sashi is sneaking by, and he like comes up to attack. He's like, I can see, I can sense you, Sashi. Yeah. Come out. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> and, like, he attacks Karma first, and, like, their Karma defends himself, blocks the attack, and he says, like, like, Sachi, you're gonna be punished. But then Sachi's, like, he- says, hell, destroy the bones. Right? And then, like... He says something, yeah, I'll destroy the bones. I don't know why I said hell. No, no. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll, be like, he'll be like, yeah, I'll oh, kill he'll him. destroy the bones. Oh, he'll yeah, destroy he'll. Oh, okay. And then um, Sashi said, calls for the parasite that was in little Suji, but then 
the parasite's like, oh yeah, dude, I'm with Kurama now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Me, Cheech then... Marin, I'm with Kurama now. <laughs> Nothing like, personal, kid. Yeah, Kurama has this whole thing like, I have the upper hand. You had thought you had the upper hand, but I really do. And like, talks about his influence or something like that. And basically, as they're fighting, Kurama's able to dodge every um, attack from Sashi. And um, at one point, Sashi thinks he's got him, but all of a sudden, Kurama transforms into Yoko and basically dices him to a bunch of pieces, killing him. And um, basically, um, Sashi's scatter falls, flies off, and then we see like a close-up of it and it activates as he's dying and reveals that, like, Kurama's actually 151,000 power level. Yeah, he seems kind of weak sauce since the other guys are, like, 120. He's only, like, a $30,000... 30,000 power level difference. It's true. So if we went with, like, later Hunter Hunter stuff rather than the Yu Hakusho stuff, you could be like, well, Kurama uses it more wisely, which is still true, but, like, yeah, they don't really go with that angle. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. So I really like this episode, too. It's a little bit quicker than the other ones because, like, it kind of goes back to present day. But I kind of like the whole, um, you see more of his whole working, like, balancing human life with his demon life a little bit. So, um... Because I feel like that's, like, always very interesting with Karama's character. is like, mm-hmm. how does he keep up this facade that he's human? Or is it really a facade? Kind of is, kind of isn't. There's a lot of, like, debate with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I really like this episode. And I feel like there was a good amount of comic relief in this episode compared to, like, the other episodes, which are very heavy. Yeah. It's pr- I liked it, too. Um, so, uh, I do this. Oh, real, real quick, I, I liked it a lot, but I'm, I'm getting a lot of Berserk vibes, and now I'm wondering when Berserk, the manga, was written in comparison to the, to Yu show because, mm-hmm. like, so much of, like, Yoko originally, and then Kurama later, reminds me of the way, uh, Griffith, uh, operates. Like, there are definitely a lot of political machinations that Griffith uh, engages in throughout the course of the early parts of Berserk before shit hits the fan that involve, like, definitely killing the dude who is, like, effectively Shachi. It just being like, I mean, that guy's, like, you know, a good warrior, but he's a shitty leader, and they, like, fucking assassinate him and kill his son and shit like that. Um, yeah, and so, it's kind of like, weird how Berserk, this, how many Berserk vibes you're getting from this, though. No, I mean, I th- I think it, it makes sense, because, like, he is definitely the cruel, like, pretty and charismatic leader that uh, Griffith is. But obviously, like, the idea of, like, Kurama is a redemption arc. But this is, like, mm-hmm. supposed to symbolize his, like, being tempted back into his old ways and then trying to find new solutions. Well, in Griffith's case, it was, like, a one-shot. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, I'll do the last episode for this podcast. It is episode 103 in Japan. The title was A Father's Last Words, Memories of a Distant Day. In the English dub, it was just called Inheritance. Man, they did a lot of uh, condensation on that one. Yeah, I feel like last will and testament, or just last will, could have been good. Yeah, I think last, even last words. Yeah. 
Um, or in so in Japan, it was released October fifteenth, nineteen ninety four. So spooky. America. It it's was spooky, Joe, not spooky. spooky. <laughs> in America, it was released in January 28th, 2006. In this episode, uh, it's been nearly a year since Yusuke, Hie, and Kurama arrived in Demon World. With the former teammates in high positions on conflicting sides, can Yusuke prevent an inevitable clash and keep the Demon World at peace? Let's find out. Um, so we are back in Ryzen's territory about a year later. Ryzen is on death's door um, due to starving himself by refusing to eat humans. And there is a face of a very broad <laughs> four-headed four woman that appears in his vision. It's definitely a five-head. Yeah. yeah, she has a five-head. Um, it goes to Yusuke and he's training with the monks and he has like figured out um, their shit basically like he's able to defeat them very easily even like calling out Hokushin on his one like uh, weak spot um, and he's ready to go kill his demon daddy <laughs> and then he goes and runs upstairs and he's like yo Let's fight. And at that point, Ryzen is like almost completely gone AWOL from his hunger. And he goes and basically attacks Yusuke. And he's like, I can't stand this anymore. I gotta eat something. And he tries to tackle down Yusuke. They're fighting. They like burst through the castle wall. And they're suddenly in the forest. And he like literally bites Yusuke's shoulder. And Yusuke's like, what the hell? He's like, what the hell, man? This is not cool. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool, man. I just wanted to fight. <laughs> and uh, by biting Yusuke, he, he act, Ryzen actually kind of regains his sanity. And he no longer has this... It actually visibly shows him being more like... Um, taken over by bloodlust and hunger with his eyes being red. And by when as soon as he bites Yusuke, and you can clearly see he bit him pretty hard because there's blood on Yusuke's shoulder, his son, eyes suddenly clear, and he's like, "Oh, whoa!" Wait, oh doesn't boy. Yusuke say something? I thought, in, at least in the Spanish version, Yusuke says something that basically reminds him of the woman from seven hundred years ago, and that's what like makes him like yes. think about things. Oh. That could be, or or he also could have just waken up from that little snack he took. Thank you for waking me up. Um, oh. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I just want to note, um, mm -hmm. the thing we're about to talk about, this relationship thing, actually, uh, according to the Yuhaksha wiki, has a lot of parallels uh, similar to Meruem from a later part of Hunter Hunter. And um, I think anyone who's listening who's seen Hunter Hunter will enjoy these parallels now, kind of like seeing it. But um, you guys will get to that eventually. Yeah. yeah, one thing I was annoyed with is that Yusuke was like, why don't we feed you humans? And it's like, it comes like right out of character from him trying to save the human world. Uh, I think it's more like Yusuke is, he's like what I would say, like a chaotic neutral. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he, the way he sees it is like, because he doesn't see like killing, eating the humans as like the moral compass of like you're killing humans. It's more like because like, this is the type of food you have to eat to survive. Yeah. I'd actually human, describe it as chaotic good. 
chaotic good. And then he also brings up a point of, like, when it comes to morality. He's like, he offers, like, why don't I get you some humans to eat? I know some really shitty ones. Like, I can <laughs> give you those. Like, he obviously has a line drawn between, like, what would be permissible human sacrifices and what would be, like, no... <laughs> Basically, kids and generally people who do not commit crimes of any sort. But the serial killer, I'm sure they're very tasty. Yeah, I have no idea, like, why he doesn't, like, eat a hamburger or something like that, or maybe go vegan. Demon vegan <laughs> diet? I don't know. I mean, that's essentially what he's kind of doing, and it's not very well. Um, I mean, just, like, eat a cow or something. I think that would be kind of like that thing where if you eat something against your natural diet, it'll just make you more sick. Like, it'll maybe any kind of different meat would essentially be poison. Like, I if gotcha. we try to eat... I mean, humans can eat dolphin, but if you eat too much dolphin, you'll get, like, mercury poisoning. That, that's like mostly natural. because of the pollution from our Earth, though. No. I don't know. Yeah. I was trying to think of something that humans just cannot absolutely it's, eat. It's like, it's, like just, it's like having an allergic reaction and stuff, like having a gluten diet or dairy diet. Oh. Uh, Okay, that Maybe. makes more sense. Except yeah, instead of I, giving you like stomach cramps, it kills you. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm going to chalk it up to a plot device. Like, I really wish there was a really good way to explain it, but I honestly think it's mostly just a plot device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, with that prompting, Ryzen basically tells Yusuke like why he's completely stopped eating humans, and it was because he was in a relationship with a human woman well, um, that... sort of. Sort of. It was like... 700 you know, years ago. 700 I mean, years ago. A flashback to the past. A.K.A. It was almost like we were watching Inuyasha. I was literally about to go... Um, so there are no ba- barriers between the realms. Um, so humans and demons coexisted, um, for better or for worse. And at that point, Ryzen was either kind of doing his own mayhem or taking jobs from warlords and attacking people. Honestly, this timeline pay. doesn't make any shit, uh, any, any fucking sense to me because they're like, he was already a king in demon world, but then they show him with arrows in his side, which is like, yo, if you were already this strong, there's no way humans would have been able to pierce you with arrows. I guess yeah. unless they were Kikyo. Maybe it was Kikyo. Maybe, maybe, uh, does he have this any, does he any words to... Canon of the Inuyasha crossover thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so she, does he have any secret words to make him, like, paralyze? <laughs> was that actually only in the first season of Yuhakusho where she said... I don't know what she said. I don't know the dub she said sit boy to make him, like, collapse or oh, whatever. Inuyasha? Wait, Inuyasha? Yeah. Oh, they, it's throughout the entire series that okay. she makes them, says that. Patrick, um, you want to know something really funny? That's a reference what? to Journey to the West. Really? Yeah, the uh, Buddhist monk who has to transport the sutras from India to back to China, and, well, has to go to India first, he, in order to control Sun Wukong, who to that point was an evil dude, they give him a crown that basically crushes his skull if he says a certain word. Mm. Wow. This is like, I I have a feeling if I read Journey to the West, it's going to feel like five different mangas, 20 different (laughs) mangas roll up into one. Yeah, you'll you'll recognize everything. And like, man, this is really Mary Sue-ish. Why is he like all these mangas? And I think, oh, I get it. Because it's old. 
<laughs> and so when he is injured, he comes across this healer woman um, who it turns out to be, he fell in love because she looked down on me. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of weird. Yeah. But hey, some guys like that. Don't shame his king. <laughs> <laughs> and because she was so unafraid and basically... Un, like just unbothered by the fact that he was this killer demon um, he kind of just became smitten and it turns out she was a Buddhist ku, kudakushi is that how I pronounce it? I wouldn't I be surprised so. if it's like kudakushi but like kudakushi? don't worry I'm probably um, wrong too it pretty much just said equivalent to doctor is what he explained to Yusuke yeah. oh so a chiropractor that's what you mean a yeah, except she didn't have a circular blade. Yeah, um, so she's like a- all chiropractors do. And so at some point, um, she's asleep, and he's about to like go into her room, either to like attack her or eat oh, her. Real and- quick, they explained that the method of treating people was that they would swallow poisons and like diseases and build up oh. like an immunity to them, and then give people their blood. I don't think this really works, but I do think this was something that people did back in the day, not only in Japan, but I'm pretty sure there's records of people doing this in ancient Greece as well. Yeah, like, I this was a common su- belief back in the day. I just assumed it was some pseudoscience bullshit. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like I've heard of like bloodletting, but that would be like the opposite, where it's just like you make him bleed, out, make him bleed to bleed out the impurities. Yeah. Versus, like, this is, like, essentially putting another person's blood into another body. Hey, it sounds crazy enough to be true. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean we've had weirder. I mean, kids. there's, like, blood transfusions. Maybe that was, like, their trial and error version. I don't think so. So, <laughs> if you had a blood transfusion, had the correct blood type, and also had antibodies for certain, like, you know, things that got into the body... There is basis there. The problem was no one knew about blood typing back in the day, so you'd kill off tons of people, and no one had a theory of, like, antibodies and, like, resistance to disease. So it's kind of like one of those things where people came to the right conclusions for completely wrong reasons, similar to the way that the ancient Greek philosophers who came up with atomic theory of matter were totally fucking wrong in all their observations, but the idea of atoms turned out to be right. Meanwhile, their rivals had all the correct observations, but were totally wrong about the nature of matter. Did they just assume it was from God? No, they were like, oh no, all substances are one thing that just like shows up in different forms, and like it's all connected, and like separation is like an illusion. I, I get. I mean, to a point, I mean, atoms are essentially just, you know, atoms, they're one thing, so... I mean, I guess they're kind of right, but no, no, they meant like physically, like connected in like a metaphysical way. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, and there were other rivals who were like, "Oh no, that's also wrong." Then you're like, "Oh, cool, you're logical," and they're like, "Yeah, but you can't actually. There's no smallest unit of anything." And then you're like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "Let me tell you about my MLM." Anyways. um, (laughs) Anyways, and then yeah, the other guys say that it was God. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Anyways, so when he Ryzen sneaks into her room, she wakes up and she's like, I know you're here to eat me, but do you really want to do that? And she reveals like she that the amount of poison she's consumed has made her body literally like toxic. So if he even if he tries to eat her, <laughs> he Britney will Spears. instantly die. <laughs> <laughs> And she, 
and then she like literally disrobes and be like, "If you want to die, it. go come <laughs> and take a bite." <laughs> and Boo, like, you, are you are you like are you brave enough to do it? Are you gonna do it, man? And he's well, like, but maybe oh, he no. decides not to. Maybe he decides not to. You know, bite, but still wants to eat. Are you a bad enough dude to eat this girl? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I meant I, I was trying to reference bad dudes. You know, are you bad enough? No, to I, I got it. I got it. Prison. Sorry, no, I was gonna I was say, like... but then like Yusuke is like, so wait, what happened? Then he's like, so we made love, and he's like, oh fuck, he's why like, did okay. I ask? <laughs> and so the thanks, next Dad. Day, so the next day, <laughs> um. It was actually very romantic the way he described their one night stand. I was like, aw. But he leaves the next day because he's like, I realized I wasn't worthy for her. Well, and actually, I kind of got the vibe that it, was, it seemed like it was a multi-day thing because it seemed like they, they tried to make it work and it just didn't work out. I thought it was just one night. I got the impression that it was one night and I, I, I got less of a romantic thing and more like a passionate like thing. And then he realized that, like one, his place was in Demon World and two, like she was the kind of person where it wouldn't make sense, I guess. And so oh, no. it's Maybe never I must elaborated. Have that then. Sorry? I must have misread that then. I thought it meant, uh, I thought it was like a relationship thing that went on for a little bit, but he just I don't decided think so. to not do it. it uh, I gotcha. It's also never elaborated whether this is uh, Atsuko's side of the family or the other side of the family, but this kind of makes me wonder if it was Atsuko's side. It kind of looks like her. Like, hmm... I don't know. I mean, they're both... It's hard to tell when a lot of the time... Especially with, like, Misa's, like, the one few Viking characters who has black hair and brown eyes, which is usually, like, a trait you would just give, like, side characters. So it's kind of hard to tell, like, if that's a distinguishing factor in his family. I like how that's a trait you'd give side characters, but it's the actual phenotype of people in Japan. But then, like... Uh, I, that's one thing that's always sort of weirded me out in anime, but yeah, that's a topic for another time. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense. They both drink. They both drink the poison, right? The one's alcohol, the other one's like actual poison. Yeah, she's like, if you take my blood, you'll become immune to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you just you become do. really drunk. Like <laughs> he is constantly drunk, and it turns out he's chose chose um, a great great grandfather or something. I'm just imagining so, Atsuko mm-hmm. being like, drink my blood for it is wine of life. It's just like, excuse me? <laughs> oh and she has like little wafers she passes around and like Yusuke's like, where the fuck did you get this? She's like, I robbed a church. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ryzen, after he leaves, he decides to swear off eating humans for the rest of his life, hoping that one day he'll run into her again, whether it be in this current life or her as a reincarnated as someone else. Um, but that never happens, and he's like, well, I figure she's, like, too smart to be reincarnated, and he just goes on forever, just never eating a human again, leading to his death. Wait, to, admit, to elaborate but... the smart for reincarnation thing, that's, like, a Buddhist thing where if you follow, if you found Nirvana, you will not be reincarnated. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually kind of find it interesting that, you know, he has a metabolism that can support can support him not eating for 700 years. That's pretty damn good. I mean, I imagine you just had one human every, like, 200 years. I mean, that wouldn't be too bad, you know? Yeah, I... Plot device. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Yeah. yeah. I um, it, I definitely mm-hmm. think it's interesting because it feels like, honestly, 
if her blood is so toxic that eating her would be a problem, it feels like being in prolonged contact with any of her bodily fluids would be a problem. So, like, frankly, <laughs> like that I feel his dick really should have de- burned off. It's actually deadly. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, I don't know. Plot device. Plot. There's a lot of plot devices in this yeah. season, isn't there? Thought device. Uh, Anyways. Device, yeah. wow. So one of the last things that Ryzen discusses with Yusuke is like how he should team up with Makuro to stop Yomi um, from ruling both the spirit and human worlds because Makuro will like just to keep things the way they are, demon world being chaotic and isolationist as it's always been. Yomi wants to unify demon world under his own rule in order to take over all the other realms and... Um, as he, and then he passes away, leaving Yusuke to basically kind of become the third king in his place. Yes, it was pretty emotionally sad that his murderous dad died. So this is a really good scene, very dramatic, very emotional, I really like it a lot. Can I tell you how the Spanish version fucked this up? How? Go for it. Can you guys read what that line says? Like, his last words. I I wrote them down, word for word. Mm. Is it the, ah, muero de hambre? So that literally, so it's, ah, muero de Uh hambre. He literally says, like, ah, I'm dying of hunger, and then dies. God. I think he says something similar to that in Japan. It's like, like I'm I'm so hungry, and just dies on the spot. I feel like that's less weird, because it's more like, that's what did it, you know, as opposed to in Spanish literally saying, this is it. I am dying <laughs> of hunger. Bye. <laughs> oh, peace out. <laughs> Should have gave me that Big Mac. So Yusuke, he's shocked by the sudden death of his ancestor father, but he's now determined. Like now, something has to be done. Um, everyone else in the human in the demon world realizes that Ryzen is now dead. Um, Karama, he's talking with Yomi about like what to do next, and he is like with Mikuro. Um, they're literally on this like bug centipede thing, like just traveling around. Um, and Mikuro's like, finally, the fool died as a fool. Or yeah, was that it was something like that. It's like fool. It's like it's it's like the fool finally di- died his foolish ways or something like that. Wait, was that Hiei or Makuro? I don't remember. That was Makuro saying oh, okay. that. And so basically, Yomi and Kurama are prepared for a storm coming to their territory because Makuro and Hiei decide like, yo, we're just gonna go over to Yomi. And then Hiei and Hukushen are like, okay, we're just gonna go to Yomi. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like they're just teaming up with Yomi. Is that like the only? Is that really the only? The only? Wait, so they're all teaming up with Yomi then? Oh, they're gonna team again. They're gonna go against Yomi. Oh, I thought they meant they're gonna team up with Yomi. No, no, no. no. So, um, so mm-hmm. sorry. Continue. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say kind of like something to summarize the episode, but you go first then. Okay, um, so after that, so Yomi, and when they're at Yomi's territory, Hokushin's like, be careful what you say, because of, um, he has basically super hearing. Yusuke yells, like, one of the best lines in the English dub, is like, Yomi, you son of a bitch! You better get a kettle teal started, because I'm coming! And, um, basically storms down in his very Yusuke fashion. Um, and 
Yomi hears him. Hiei hears, hears him as well. And Hiei's is very excited to for the chance to fight Yusuke again. Um, he won't hesitate to kill him and is just wanting to fight and see who can win. Um, and it's basically Demon World's about to break out in Civil War. Demon World is about to explode. Um, but I was going to say, uh, yeah, so everyone listening and Patrick... Um, You've just watched the last unimpeachably good episode of the series. Prepare, yeah, prepare for one good episode, some of the worst fan service bullshit you've ever seen, and then one decent final episode. Yay. You've literally just watched the last unimpeachably good episode. Wow. Well, that sucks. Yep. I really like it, but man, if I had known growing up that this is where it was going to like take the hardest turn, I would have been really sad. It's kind of like Death Note, except Death Note was more disappointing, but I hope that's not going to be the case after this. I think it won't be like terribly disappointing. It's just like not as good as it could have been, but it's not terrible. I mean, he did apologize for it. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, like, he oh. recognized, like, mm, yeah. Yeah. I could have wrote that better, but I also wanted to live my life and spend time. Oh, no, he wasn't married at that point, so he, that wouldn't make sense. He just wanted to not die, basically. I mean, that's that's also reasonable. I mean, uh, yeah, to be I honest... Don't, I, th- I don't blame him. It's just unfortunate. To be honest, I think he could survive dying, you know? I mean, he, we just need more good chapters of you, Hakusho. I mean, yeah, he just writes it from the grave. It's real good. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and put the talisman on him to make him, uh, was it the, 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 deem, the end vampire thing? No, so the, the talisman's actually to suppress them. Um, when, when you oh. don't have it on, you're full on just undead, basically. I gotcha. So, yeah, uh, the themes for these episodes. Uh, who wants to kick it off? Pat- Patrick, you wrote, so do you want to go? Sure. Uh, a few different themes. Uh, one of them I noticed was sacrifice, so. Rui with the with with baby Hiei to sacrifice for the village, uh, Hiei with the spirit powers to get Yigan. So he, he sacrifices class to start for all the way from the beginning to get the Yigan to find that uh, that stone. He new game plus. Uh, you, yeah, essentially, uh, you can't giving her, her stone to Hiei. You know, just saying, oh, here's the stone to help you motivate you, maybe make you feel better, whatever. Uh, Ray wanting to Hiei to kill her and and penance for what he, she did. What she felt she did, and then well, I mean, what she literally did is eat him. I guess. I, I guess, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and then Kurama spending time with his parents and sacrificing that relationship in his new life to, I guess, not have them murdered violently. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those were really interesting themes. Did you guys notice these as well, or any other ones I probably missed? I mean, there's other themes you have written down, but in yeah, terms of like sacrifice, sacrifice I, yeah, like a. Ryzen essentially giving up his oh, yeah. only way to live by for sacrificing his need by sacrificing the need eating humans. He sacrifices his life for the sake of honoring his love. Exactly. Yeah, def- I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, that actually was a pretty good one. I just realized something. It's sort of related to that. I just realized how incredibly sex positive this is in a way that I didn't notice before. Because they mentioned that the nameless human woman that Ryzen slept with, while she enjoyed it, that didn't prevent her from reaching Nirvana and not being reincarnated. 
Yeah. That's and then incur- she died in childbirth. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. sucks. But it's incredibly weirdly <laughs> sex positive in a way that I don't think of for things of the time. Interesting. That's true. Demon death, sex positive. Um, uh, and then, is there any other themes that you notice? Oh, so um, regret? Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Regret. Um, so yeah, regret is like a big theme too, along with sacrifice. So, for example, Rui with eating Yay. <laughs> she totally <laughs> regretted that. Yeah, she totally regretted it to the point where she um, snuck in um, his mother's tear jewel to her saying to him, when you come back, kill me first and everything. Um, regret with Hina giving up her baby and eventually her life. Um, Mercuro not getting more demons. Yeah, like how she got the 500 instead of the 1,000 that she was going to get. That's true, yeah. She it's a better like, value. This. Yeah. Exactly. This she could have got a better wholesale sale. price on that, yeah. Oh, um, I was going with was... apps, like, oh, best value. Yeah. There was also, like, Yomi's overconfidence that cost him his sight because... He even said during his many monologues with Karama, like, yeah, I, I was overconfident. I just want to go in and get rich like that. And I knew now that that's stupid. And so there's that. And then Ryzen was regretting never to seeing his love again. That one's kind of, I wasn't really 100% sure on that one. I feel like there's some regret with that for sure. Yeah. Like he seemed kind of resigned with the fact that but also, like, probably relieved, but some regret that his love never got reincarnated or yeah. anything like that. I think it's really interesting because, like, he regrets it, but I don't think she minds not having seen him again, partially because of where she was as, like, philosophically. And so it's interesting because he spent the rest of his life regretting, but then finding his own peace and his own zen as, like, in his name. And mm-hmm. so it's really interesting just seeing this, like, Again, sex positive, like Buddhist folktale. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, did you want to do transformation, Joe? Uh, yeah. So, uh, the literal transformation of Kurama to Yoko and and back back and forth. You know that sort of conflict in, within himself. Transformation. Yep. Um, moderate spirit levels to those over one hundred thousand. Uh, I think yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking like, oh, where do you see precedence for people who were nowhere near this powerful getting this strong under like another influence? And um, I'm thinking of uh, Return of Frieza in you know Dragon Ball Super, like how Frieza was said to be a natural prodigy who had never trained a day in his or her life, and then like the time that he decided to he or her decided to train, suddenly Frieza was like as strong as Super Saiyan gods. And, like, I, I, I think it's kind of like that where it's just, like, oh, Genkai's training methods are so harsh that, like, she was able to, like, make these guys break their uh, plateaus. Like, if you're familiar with training for sports, the idea of plateauing and then, like, being able to exceed it through, like, new training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kurama, from uh, being at the bottom, now we hear, a.k.a. undisputed <laughs> military chancellor, which is actually kind of... It's weird, because... I think something that I didn't point out earlier is that back in the day, Kurama wanted to establish his own country. He fucking leaves, and now he's back, and his underling basically pulled off his dream instead of him. He's like, join me, man. So it's weird basically working for the guy who used to work for you, who now does the thing that you could only dream of. And then you tried to kill him before. Yeah, you fucking tried to murder him. 
Dang. It's like he it's like he, he like had this cool idea for something mm-hmm. and the other guy ran with it and then he's like trying to sue him or, or try to sue him but failed and I wants him back to help him out, but he has some regret with that. Yeah. Yeah. Except so, uh, with demons. And Yusuke becoming a king, this is an interesting thing because it's a succession thing. Um, you know, which is something that, like, obviously people back in the day had a lot more familiarity with as, like, a narrative trope, because we don't live in a world where there's lots of monarchies anymore. But the mm-hmm. idea of, like, becoming a king in name versus becoming a king in spirit. And right now, Yusuke mm-hmm. is just kind of a king in name, because no one knows who he is, really. He hasn't really ruled that long. And, like, while people say that he has a lot of wisdom, he hasn't really demonstrated it yet. And so right. it's interesting, the idea of becoming a king in more than just name, similar to Black Panther... Yeah, I was thinking, like, Lion King the entire time. Like, I kept think, seeing in my head, oh, I just can't wait to be king. Something is, like, the opposite. He could care less. Yeah. He's just like, I, I just wanted a... to fight you, but now Dad. I can't like, wait to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And the last theme um, is the theme of death. So there are a lot of people dying in these episodes. For um, one of the Ming Ye's mom, she committed suicide over the grief of losing her son. Um, Yusuke's uh, ancestor Ryzen, he died because he starved himself over the loss of the love of his life. And all the demons that that he murdered murdered and Karama, they're not alive either. And um, <laughs> Kuwabara's re- re- relevance. relevance to the series from no, here on. So sad. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He comes back. <laughs> As a ghost? No, in Hunter Hunter, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has weird glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Do we have any other themes that you guys that you guys maybe noticed that I probably missed? Or? Um, I think the one big thing it's like identity, like who you are, who you were, and mm. like the past, how the past shapes who you are in the present. And not um, only your own past, but like the past of like the people around you and of right. your parents and their their ancestors. Right. So a lot with like yourself and your ancestors and how the past shaped who he is as a person um how the ice maidens their past history with males and with men shaped how their decision to cast him away which shaped his decision to get revenge and eventually find his sister and eventually draw him back to the demon world and then Karama with his past as a demon war like thief lord and then betrayal and then being brought back to the demon world and having to deal with his identity of his human self versus a demon self and also Yusuke dealing with his whole past his ancestors past basically coming into the present through him and now he's like dealing with a whole lot more than he ever signed up for <laughs> mm, yeah I, I thought that I did think that was interesting I never even thought about that that, that identity just that in general, just the, I guess, you know, living with the, what I guess your destiny is, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, another thing I noticed that's, it's extra diegetic as in not actually in the story itself, but sort of in the things around it. Mm-hmm. The weird racial politics of this set of episodes, 
like in the Spanish version, the fucking Chinese eyes, and in the U.S. version, like that one demon having like a you know Norteño Spanish accent in English, mm-hmm. in a way that another character did earlier in the series. It's like, oh, there's like weird ethnic signifiers in this show in the different languages. Yeah, it's like, pretty interesting. It reminds me of. Do you remember when we talked about during the dark tournament part, where like technically all the businessmen are Japanese, but they only gave the guy who quote unquote looks Japanese a Japanese accent in both the English version and the Spanish version. Yeah, like, that was kind of weird. That was real weird, and so it's really weird seeing this stuff like now. And like, I'm not even saying like, therefore, this shit should be this shit is filth and should be banned. More like, oh, that's like a weird historical note. Well, I mean, I think it should be, but that's just my opinion. What do you no, guys I, think? No, I'm talking about Ban you, it? I'm talking about Yuhawk Show itself. <laughs> like, it. in the future, yeah, in the future, people shouldn't do this. But as a historical document, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like when you think about the time that probably the Spanish stuff and the English stuff was recorded. It. Was the Spanish stuff done in the 90s or 2000s? I think it was done in the 2000s. I'll have to look that up. But the fact that, like, a lot of the script seems like... So, I think I've mentioned it before that, like, 80% of the script seems like direct translation of the Japanese, while 10% seems like English lines changed into Spanish. And then the other 10% uh, is just shit they made up. Right. Well, So, uh, I think it had it to lost... have been after the English one. Yeah. With a lot of, like, the early 2000s humor... It was, like, what we would consider now being edgelord humor. For sure. And, yeah, for sure. But back then, it was just, like, that's how the humor was. Like, for better or for worse, like, that was how a lot of mainstream, like, cartoons and TV shows were. Um, whether, like, we change now, obviously, to, like, what we find funny. And a lot of it being more considerate of different people and trying not to be assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's... I. I want to clarify, like, I don't, I think this is what you're saying, like, I, like, it's okay that it happened then, but it should not be continued now. I'm assuming exactly. that's what you're saying. Yeah, because a lot of people... Like, I'm not saying that it was okay back then. And yeah, yeah. It's more just, it's, 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 that's factually what happened. Yeah, the, exactly. The state of humor that was in the early 2000s is very much different than what is, is acceptable today. Yeah. I remember back then it was okay to call something that was, like, shitty gay, but, like, I, for one, didn't call things gay at the time, and, like, that was because my parents, like, really, like, got angry at me the one time I did as a little kid. And so, like, people are like, oh, yeah, but that was just how things were back then. It's like, no, if people knew not to do it back then, if even a small group of people knew not to do it, then, like, it wasn't okay, but it was more societally acceptable. Right, and that's, like, the main point. Like, a lot of the humor that comes from the shows is, like, Back then, that was with society, what society deemed to be acceptable humor, which, when you think in terms of, like, morals, was not great, not good. Especially with the English dub being dubbed after post-9-11, and there's a lot of articles and, like, stuff online saying how, in terms of, like, progress, it regressed after that event due to, like, you know, conservative ideals in order to kind of reshape our whole nationalism to be like, you know, we got to preserve what we know and love about America. So a lot of the progressive ideals about race and, like, even LGBT rights that were kind of emerging from the 1990s kind of got pushed aside for apolitical and non-political humor. And that kind of let, like, 
unprogressive, even offensive humor become the norm. Yeah, we could talk about this a lot more. I think that it had to do a lot with changes in, like, media ownership and uh, mm-hmm. digital distribution as well. But that's a topic for another time. Yeah. yeah I mean, Joe, even look, listening to, like, old podcasts and stuff from, like, old uh, com- like comedian things, even in the oh, 90s, sure. there's a lot. Like, I don't know, I won't throw them under us, but Mega64 uses a lot of, like, you know, they drop a lot of, like, the F-bombs and say, oh, you're gay or who, or, like, a lot of that sort of Yeah, that they would never do that. now, yeah. Like, yeah, no... Uh, I think uh, the comedy button, they've talked about, like, their first episode and how, like, they would, like, think the shit that they said back then was gross and how if they showed a new episode to themselves from then, they'd probably be called a bunch of pussies or something. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. that Just that sort of, I guess, not only just the cultural change, but the maturity change mm-hmm. over, like, years and years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, imagine if anybody, any of us had anything they made 10 years ago. I mean, especially me, I actually do have things I made 10 years ago, and I look at it, and it's like, oh, man, this is garbage, and I'll just yeah, delete it Yeah, I have some stuff it. that I think was pretty gross, and, like, I've apologized to anyone who, like, was actually part of it versus, like, otherwise I think it's just opening a wound. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I think all of us have written some weird, something weird, at least fan fiction-wise. I don't know if it's not the equivalency, <laughs> but, you know, a fan fiction that we regret that, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's definitely not on the same yeah. league of what it is, but just the, <laughs> just the idea of regretting something that you know you made. So it might be just that as well on top of it, the cultural aspects mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, I do agree. Like listening to things back then and watching things like oof, like that uh, that that SpongeBob cartoon I sent you guys that the the SNL one or like the like, recent was... Funimation leak. Uh, yeah, which we will probably talk in the future once more information is brought out but it's definitely something that is worth discussing yeah Um, but we talked a bit about it before all i'm gonna say is like while it itself is bad the fact that it was surfaced by people who are trying to counter the kick vic thing Mm -hmm. makes you wonder about the motives and the things around it so like we should really wait for the dust to settle but i don't think that just because someone did that makes them equivalent to the things someone else did is what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. We still think it's horrible that they did that. and They, they should they be treated probably... separately, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be like, oh, well, they did this, so this is fine. It's like, no. I mean, it's like, no, none of it's bad, cool, actually. They can both be bad at there, the same no... time. Like... I mean, it's mutually exclusive. Like, I mean, they're two different events. I mean, yep. you can hate this and hate that. You don't have to... Be a, oh, we have to be on this side or that side. Just hate everything. Exactly. Be well, very hateful. I won't say that. I will say hate Does... what has actually been determined to be a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I guess for those... I don't think we explained it, though, that, you know, the uh, whole... We can go into we, more detail in a future episode. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's right. We do want to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast um, of the You Hawker Show. Your support means all the world's human, demon, and spirit to us. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat um, at our Facebook at the UU Hawkeye Show with two O's, or at our Twitter at the U Hawkeye Show. Just Spelled correctly this time. <laughs> yeah. So we actually uh, have like a little announcement. I started a uh, page. Uh, have you guys heard of Kofi? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what am I saying? I fucking told you about it. <laughs> 
Um, or, or maybe you had heard about it previously, but we have definitely talked about it before. But Kofi, which is ko-fi.com, is a website that's uh, sort of like Patreon, except instead of like a recurring payment, it's more like, oh yeah, you could donate uh, to get, you could buy us a cup of coffee effectively. Uh, it's named after coffee. The idea is, oh, just, uh, you know, donate in $3 increments. Um, so while all of us are willing to make the podcast for free and we won't be stopping anytime soon, uh, it I would will. be, if I, if I don't make at least like 10 K a year, it's like, <laughs> this is over guys. I'm God sorry. Damn. Well, uh, but like with that in mind, uh, all of us actually like doing this. It's, it's a fun hobby. Um, but it would be nice to sort of be, uh, neutral in terms of payments. Cause right now we pay like a hosting cost and we're probably about to buy some equipment. Uh, and we want to just like basically zero that out. No one will make profit. Just kind of like make this something we can do for free. Uh, and like, you know, give to you guys. And so we started uh, Kofi.com slash the Yuhak Show. And remember, that's ko-fi.com slash the Yuhak Show. But if you guys are interested, uh, you know, I really like coffee and I think some of the other people do too. So if you want to just like grab us like around or just grab individual members a drink, I think you can even write a memo and you could be like, this is dedicated to you, Patrick. Winky face, winky face, uh, kissy face. Uh, eggplant. Uh, no, like, no, no, no eggplant peach. Uh, no water droplets. Like no. water droplets. Uh, no, like equal, 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 equal. Open mm-hmm. mouth. Uh, you know. I mean, add the add the 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 was it the furry face in there? What's that? The uh, I forgot. What was it? The face that the furries make or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't know what you're that? talking about. But yeah, you, feel <laughs> oh, free to donate and like I don't know, like maybe maybe like send like a little love. Patrick's way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to send it my way. You can send it to anybody's way. Maybe Joe. Actually, Joe probably needs it more. He's all alone there. Wow. Wherever he, he may be. Damn. Damn. Um, Sorry. We, but... we also have a SoundCloud account if you want to no, check that's, us out. That's, do we actually? or No, we don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, I, do have, Patrick, we do have a GoFundMe. No, we don't. We have a Go, yeah, we do. Uh, it's to it's to give us money to make oh the show. So no, we donate, fucking don't. Like, if you donate... Uh, should we cut it off at the coffee show mention? Yeah. Okay. I also want to shout out the Simple Flips and my boy, yeah, my boy snacks, Fruit Snacks. So. Yeah. Okay, um, I gotta... Oh, yeah, I was just saying, thank you very much. See you guys later. See you.
This episode is gonna be fun, uh, but basically, uh, she's trying to. So in the flashback, she in Spanish, like straight up says "mi hermano," and then like stops for a couple seconds, thinks about what she's saying, and then says uh, "creo que mi hermano uh, este una raza muy cercana a tuya," which means like my brother, you know, basically like making it sound like she knows who he is, but then thinks better of it and says, "I think my brother's like you." You know, something like that. Or, like, my brother oh, yeah, is of a nature uh, similar to yours. And then, like, kind of leaves it off at that to, like, leave it ambiguous as to whether she figured it out or whether she's wishfully thinking that he a is, like, her, her brother. Mm, oh, hey, um, Joe, Patrick's internet just cut Hello? off, so we're trying to get that Y'all connected. Y'all die? Uh... Can you hear Hello? us? Are you guys there? No, because... Hello, were... hello, hello, hello? Um, you guys appear to be muted and Patrick's not there, so, so... Joe, can you hear me right now? Anyone? Joe, can you hear me right now? Oof. From my phone? Okay, so I'll just stay in oh, the channel. No one stopped recording. Oh, uh, wait, unless, unless Patrick Long stopped channel. recording. I hope to God so he did it, but... Uh, could you guys check uh, the thing I just... Uh, 
Make sure Patrick hasn't stopped recording unless he had to restart his computer. We're still recording. Okay, right? I'm back in. Sorry about that. We're still hey, recording. Patrick, you never stopped recording, right? Nope, it's still recording. Yeah, Thank God. Craig, I saw Craig still recording. Yeah, why would He's I stop recording? There. No, just in case you had to restart your computer. Nope, I just disconnected the internet. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. It pooped down on me. Uh, yeah. uh, we're at the we're at the Mi Hermano. Yeah, I, I don't speak Spanish, so can you? Uh, I think I explained it, but I can explain it again. Basically, uh, 